You are about to experience the Corpse Cast. We would advise any listener who may be ill, pregnant, or of weak constitution to reconsider listening to the show for fear of an onset of health issues related to encountering bouts of pure shock or fright. For those who wish to continue, just remember to avoid fainting. Keep repeating, it's only a podcast, only a podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the Corpse Cast. I'm Mike. I'm Shane. There's Shane. 47. We are rolling closer to 50. Can you believe that? No, you know what? We are, we're going to hit 50. I was hoping we'd hit, fi- well, because there's 52 weeks in a year, okay? Uh-huh. We're probably going to hit around 50, you know, because we got, that's not true. This is 47. 21st is 48, and the other one's 49, so we've missed a couple couple weeks, man. Yeah, just two. Yeah. I, think, I think we've missed two weeks. Yeah, but... Out of the entire time. It makes me sad because you know who gets the most joy out of doing this show? Who? This guy right here. Yeah. I get joy. Well, not as much as I do, though. No. I get more joy. Well, listen, you've got other things going for you, okay? I mean, you've got the band. You've got all this stuff that that fulfills your life. Me, me, I just, you know... I, this is it. I don't. I'm not an awesome superstar drummer in an awesome superstar. band. Superstar. No, like I'm not. I'm, I, you know, I'm just your. Call me superstar if I was playing for you two or something. Please. No, I. I uh, doesn't the Edge play the drums for you two? Because uh, I don't like guitar. the Edge. Oh, he's a guitar player. I don't like you two. Why are we talking about you? How two? are you doing? What's going on yeah, with I'm, you? I'm doing good. You know, everything's uh, life is is moving and shaking along. Uh, there's been a lot of cool stuff happening lately as far as, uh, the show and, and is concerned, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, let's see this episode. We are going to be talking about a band, a Japanese band named after my salty coin purse, Balzac. Yes. The Chinamans. The- <laughs> we got more Chinamen on the show. They're absolutely not Chinamen. And not not <laughs> Chinamen's, but Oriental. Can we say Oriental? I think or you know it's funny. Asian American. I worked with a I worked with a dude that I'm like, he's he's Chinese. He he came over from uh, the motherland oh, to work oh. here. No, yeah. and then I go I go dude, and, and I said the word. I'm like, oh man, it's all you Orientals. He goes, he looked at me. They don't like. He Oriental. looked at me funny, and he goes, Oriental. He goes, I go, is that racist or something? He goes, no, but. That's I've like something that my grandpa would say or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go, what are you? He goes, Asians. I said, okay, I, I, I'm good with Asian. Asian American. I would, I, well, he I, wasn't Asian American. He was going back to China when he's done. Okay, with, uh, but I like the I like the idea of Orient. I mean, if they're you know if they're dude, let me. I talk, like Oriental American. Well, well, if I was Oriental, I would like Oriental American, please. Well, thanks. you know what, too, because it gives you that air of like. Mysteriosity, because you know the Orient, the, the Orient Express, yeah, you know, and all that stuff. It's like the night train to whatever. Yeah, the oh, yeah, the underground. Some shit's going on on that train, shit. exactly. Yeah, yeah, but uh, these guys happen to be Japanese, so none of that stuff that we just talked about applies. Sure, whatever. Sure, sure. Um, and we're and and what would you call? I mean, I guess we'll get into this more, but they're kind of a horror, punky, industrial type of thing. Yep, yep. And then we're going to be talking about a classic man. Yeah. Mario Bava's 1960 magnum opus, Black, Black Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. I'm stoked, to, I'm stoked to talk about it. Anyway. So am I. Plus, it's on Netflix, so uh, everybody can that just go. That was a nice treat. 
It was a nice treat. Extra treat for well, that. it sucks because sometimes when it's on Netflix, I get too lazy to actually dig out the DVD I have mm-hmm. and watch extras and stuff. And yeah, th- this week was no different. Did it have extras on the DVD? I'm sure it did. I don't actually. I'm, I don't really know because I didn't dig it out. Yeah, but whatever. dig it out, baby. You dig it out right now. Let's let's have a look at that DVD. <laughs> oh, dude. Be quiet, okay? All okay. right, all right, okay. So, couple, couple of uh, items of business. Shall we talk about? Uh, first of all, I just want to remember, uh, sorry, want to remind, remind everybody of the contest we're running uh, for the Roku box that uh, Zombie yeah. TV sponsoring. To be eligible, you have to be a member of our Facebook group. Yes, you have to quote unquote like Zombie TV on Facebook. Point two, and. You have to do write a, a haiku, mm-hmm. and it can be about anything, maybe preferably about the corpse cast and whatever, sure. or fur burgers or, or whatever. Whatever gets your goat. Uh, yes, the the greatest and best haiku shall win. Shall win. You know what? Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have a neutral party. Pick one, and that's it. You know, we we actually have quite a few entries already. That's fantastic. So so I'm pretty stoked about it. But 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 we're gonna hold. We're we're gonna keep this open until the 21st. Of December, which is another week. It's been going for one week, so a right. total of two weeks. So send it in. You still get your chance, people. I mean, it's there. It's, uh, you know, ready for you to grasp. It's exciting. Vision. You know, seize the day. Seize the day. Seize the real high Q. Exactly. Seize it. Dude, uh, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how many haikus we got so far. That's awesome. I'm pretty stoked. So yeah, send those in. It'll be awesome. Um, we're going to announce, we'll actually announce the winner on the show, uh, next week. So let's, let's say till, uh, what, like two or three mountain time okay. on next Friday because, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you, go. there you go. Um, also speaking of zombie TV, uh, huh. yes, there's a new Twitter account for those guys. Say what? At zombie official Z O M B E E. O F F I C I A L, all one word. I'm manning it. Yeah, you're so, the you're well, at just the helm for now at least. You're like the Captain Kirk of the yeah. zombie TV. So and, and I'll probably be a lot more friendly on that one than I am on my normal. Twitter. Yeah, you're an asshole on your other one. No, I'm not an asshole. Uh, I mean, you're not an ass. Yes, I'm an ass. Yeah, no, you're, you're kind right. of an asshole. Yeah, I I can't hide it. Yeah. I can't help it. You know what? There's just something about reading tweets. So what you're saying is, on Zombie Official, you're gonna you're gonna be cool, guy? at least for a little while. Uh, well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna while I'm doing it, I'm gonna be Mr. Cool Guy. Oh, you know, but well, that's uh, fantastic. Well, you know, you'll get updates about when new shows are put out. Uh, for instance, uh, we just I put, like that <clears throat> idea, by the way. I do too. I mean, you know, just kind of keep up with the programming, and, and you know, but we'll talk shit too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm a robot that. Only puts this might updates. be the thing that breaks the barrier between the hot ladies mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, just the retweets and the tweets and the sure. Oh, sure. There might, some magic could happen. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be some great magic. if some magic happened? By the way. I friended, uh, I liked uh, Eleanor. Is her name? Oh, yeah. E- Eleanor Cornejo. Ooh, L on uh, L. on uh, Zombie yeah. TV. She's one of the hosts. Yeah. Speaking of Eleanor and zombie, Eleanor, Light. dude, I'll, let me tell you something. I watched a movie that's streaming mm-hmm. on that the, today, last night and today, because I started it last night, but of course I'm an old man and I can't stay up past like 1030 anymore. Mm-hmm. So I fell asleep, but, um, I started watching a movie called she devils of the SS that's streaming on zombie TV sure. right now. Let's just say, I mean, 
It's good. <laughs> I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if you would say it's good, like plot wise or story. But or, your eyes were rolling there. Like all I'm Cosby saying, a pudding pie. Yeah, let's put yeah. it this way: you'll enjoy it more than eating a pudding pop. Oh, and I like that. The problem is, is I had it on. I fell asleep. My wife walked in. She turns around. There's 27 naked ladies with their fur burgers hanging out. I yeah. got. I got the. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got that. Yeah, Slap in the face. Exactly. It's like, it's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, this is zombie TV. It's only on, you know. Cause- she pulls out that Hello Kitty pillow and goes, you know what this means? You're on the couch tonight, bitch. <laughs> I go, good. That way I can finish this movie. Yeah. Of course, you know, I, I can't. Thanks. Yeah. That, I wish I was as badass as I pretend I am, but. Yeah. No, tons of, we just actually put out, uh, episode 10 just went live a couple days ago. Oh, sweet. Uh, of the Corpse Collective where we talked about Zombie Ghost Train and The Prowler. Nice. Yeah. Love that, dude. Oh, yeah. It's The Prowler was, that was wicked, man. That's, that's, uh, you know, you came up with a great, uh, with a, with a great ideas as to why it didn't really make it. You know, it Mm -hmm. didn't really spawn 27 sequels and stuff. Uh, but you know what? If you want to know what he said, you're going to have to go check it out on the Roku box. You got to watch it. But anyway, oh, dude, should I, should I bring up The Hobbit? Yeah, I do. Dude, I went yeah. and saw The Hobbit today in the high frame rate in the 3D. Yeah. It looks so sweet. Oh, and they're dude. doing the 3D yeah, too. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a whole shebang and it was, it wasn't on an IMAX, but it was at the XD, which is a huge screen. Sure. And, yeah. uh, it was really good. I mean, oh, man. It lo- I can't wait to see it. it look- I mean, and the thing is, is obviously it's, you know, it has the same quality. It's Peter Jackson and that whole same crew and whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, you can tell that special effects have, you know, have like improved so much right. since, you know, the first trilogy came out with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But no, it was really good, man. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I, I, I know the, the Hobbit story front and back because I mean, yeah. I did like 27 book reports on it during junior high and high school because I read one book and that was that. Let me tell you about the Hobbit. Exactly. Exactly. And also, but no. Did was, you ever have to do the oral reports? Oh, all the time. Bilbo Baggins sets out on an adventure. <laughs> He's going on an adventure. And I'll tell you what too. I had, in fact, I did, I did so many reports on it and so many oral reports that there were people in my class that were like, dude, didn't you do that same shit last yeah. year? I'm like, yeah. I'm calling you out, but the, the teacher don't know. So no, fuck no. Them. it don't matter. No, did you read the book again? I'm like, no, I watched the Rankin Bass cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever, you know, that's yeah. good. Smog is a big bad. Ogre dragon. They he call him wants- a worm, but he is not a worm yeah. at all. He is a dragon. And Bilbo <laughs> is a small, small midget kind of man. With hairy feet. feet. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Though I'm back in the good old days when, when, uh, I, I don't know where those when good things were appreciated, days? like reports like that. I wonder, I wonder how many people actually appreciated that, but good for them. Yeah. Good for them. You got anything? I mean, I don't, man. I got to give a big shout out to the tow truck. Oh, B tow truck at B tow truck. What's up? What, B what? tow truck. Okay, my car broke down. Oh, okay. Okay, it was right. stranded up on this road up, uh, in, you know, up the, up in the Hobbit town. Oh, like you know? so, like on Thirteenth and in in like Seventeenth South or Basically, something. You know, uh-huh. anywhere. But, but Hobbitville. Okay, here's the funny thing. So I call the mechanic. I say, "Come on, come get the car." He says, he gets up to the car. He says, I can't get in car because doors are locked, keys under the mat. So I'm oh. thinking I locked all the doors, but put the key to the car under the mat. 
Oh. Could not get in the car for the tow truck to, to drive it off. So who do what I do you, call? What do you mean? I, I, I call the tow about, truck driver. I know, but what I'm saying is, is don't like repo guys. They don't need your keys or anything like well, that. They just freaking load it on there. The, the Iranian mechanic I've got said they'll charge you more. To break into the car or whatever. Well, okay. So I get a hold of tow truck. Yeah. B tow truck. Brian tow truck. Brian Hill. I say, have you ever burgled cars before? He says, why, yes, I have. <laughs> and I have a kit. I actually have a burgle kit. That doesn't shock me at all, Brian. I'm sorry, but that does not shock me. And I said, okay, can you go up and get my... Dude, I am not kidding you when I say it took less than three seconds. Really? To burgle my car. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the door unlocked so it can be taken off. No so, way! Huge shout out to the tow truck, dude, and, and that's and that's above and beyond the help that he gives us with our video show. I know, pushing buttons and. But it was like, dude, less than three seconds. Wow. He walked around. He's like, well, what door? Goes around to the passenger front door. Clunk. There you go. No way. And he's got a whole. I I'm gonna go out on a limb mm-hmm. and say I think he may or may not have burgled before listen brian I, I need to send out a message to you i actually have it i have a mercedes uh it's it's you know it's over in this one other guy's driveway it's sure. out there it's my car i need Park you to go City. get that for me yeah Park i City. need you to go get that for me and and bring it back it's mine trust you know. me you know i don't have keys because uh, i lost them but you can burgle that too yeah oh, dude burgle that uh you know well, trans- dude, how- that the, the the what do they call that the key turny bit uh, the starter. Dude, but the, you know what? That's, that's good to have a buddy to come in and help you out like that, man. That's Hell awesome. yeah, it was. It was nice. It was a nice little treat. Beto Truck, you are, you are Friday's hero. Friday's hero. I like that. Friday's hero. Beto Truck. All right. That was wonderful. That's beautiful. That's, that's Friday. You know what I thought about that? I'm like, Wednesday's oh shit. Child. If I, <laughs> that's what I thought. I go, I go, Friday's hero. And I go, well, if we do it now, I, Oh man, are we gonna have to keep Friday's Heroes going? <laughs> okay, well that's your department. Okay, Friday's Heroes your department, unless you know there's something super special. Okay, somebody sure. broke into my car for me or something like that. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this episode as usual. Oh I mean, yeah, uh, we'd like to hear our own, uh, you know, our own uh, Jaws wagon. But uh, we got to get, get on with the we show. Get on with this, absolutely. What the hell? We got some voicemails. Yes, I love it. Remember, remember the the question for the episode last time was there was this whole, uh, oh, there was this whole article about how the horror that the, the hardcore horror community is to blame for independent horror movies not getting enough money and and right, you know, this and right. that and um, but basically it all boiled down to one thing. As horror fanatics, what is our responsibility to the independent horror maker? Because, you know, there's good, there's bad, whatever. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and uh, see what the people have to say. Good. Mike, Shane, what's up? This is Alan. In and out. Uh, talking oh, about that, Wait, that article and the uh, independent film thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we should support them. But at the same time, you know, he's talking about the big budget stuff. Well... The big budget stuff, it's easier to get a hold of. It right. has more marketing. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't I know pause. where I can get it all. That independent stuff. I'm going to pause it. Alan brings up a great point because it's like, and this is something that I don't know why I'm obsessing about. this. I'll tell you why I'm obsessing about it because it pissed me off when I read that. Sure. But here's the thing. Um, he's talking about it's more accessible. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's a... a 
even for the ones that are accessible, like through Netflix Instant or something, whatever, you think, oh, you know, it's instant. You just throw it on. You can watch the whole thing. But you know what? I hate to say it, but I don't have a finite or an infinite number of hours to sit there and watch horror movies, you know? Sure. So, you know, you look at it, you know, I've never heard of all these independent horror movies on Netflix, and it's like, shit, well, which one do I watch? Oh, shit, I don't even know. I don't want to take a half an hour here to just figure out what it is. I'll just throw in some Supernatural. I do. I do that a lot, which is unfortunate, but... Right. But he brings up a good point is it's not as accessible, whether it's uh, distribution means or it's, you know, you just haven't heard of it. Yeah. Sometimes you really have to dig for it. And some people just don't want to dig, I think. Or don't have time. But I also think sometimes, you know, just because something is independent doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Just because it's picturing Hollywood doesn't That's mean it's good. Shit. I think supporting or having a contract, whatever, with filmmaker comes from whether or not they entertain you. You know, if their budget's a dollar or a hundred million dollars, it shouldn't matter as long as they entertain you. Indeed. Uh, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Uh, he, see, he was in and out. I mean, he, he was true to his name. Apparently, he had kept the moonshine in the, whatever yeah, you put moonshine he put in, like that the in locker. The bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's still out, it's still out in the still in the, in the. Honey child, put that moonshine back in the bucket. <laughs> no, but he's got a lot of good points there. It's, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, the one place that, you know, the the place that I usually hear about uh, um, independent, like really, you know, independent horror movies and stuff like that. Or like, you know, I'll I'll get the, uh, I'll get the Rue Morgue magazine or something like that. Cause I I hate to say it, but I don't really go out and and look at a lot of like horror blogs or horror. You know, I, I, I do it. Like I said, I've said it before. I do a couple of the lightnings bug Larry McBastard's mausoleum. I'll look at those, but those guys do a lot of just like older stuff, not necessarily newer. Um, you know, independent horror. Right. So, but it's like, uh, it, so Rue Morgue is basically where I'm looking. And I, you know, I get the iPad, I download the, 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 whatever. But the thing is, it's still, you know, there's still 500 movies. How much are they from. charging for the Rue Morgues these days? Like 85 bucks? No, like, like 10 bucks if you go down to Barnes and Noble or something. Like it's five bucks if you get the, uh, the subscription. Uh, well, no, it's five bucks if you, I don't. If you get the, uh, like the iPad electronic version. Oh, so, oh. I don't get a, I don't get a subscription anymore because it's like a hundred bucks for like six months and I never feel like I can justify it. You Absolutely know? not. But, you know, but then, then I buy almost every issue <laughs> anyway. So you justify it. Well, you know. Justify. I, no, it's easier to justify five bucks once every couple of months as opposed to a hundred bucks. You know, sure. all at one time, but you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, we got a call from, we actually have a, a special treat. I'm going to save part of this for the very end. Oh, okay. But, uh, your, your, your buddy and oh. my, and my, uh, and my secret lover. Yeah. Chris, Jesus and slaves. Oh, yeah. He called in, but we're saving, he actually, he actually sent us something later that's a special treat, but let's start with his voicemail. Okay. Mike and Shane. How you doing, you sexy motherfuckers? Hanging in there. He's down in that boiler room where... He's calling in on the bone... I don't know if this is the bone phone. It's the speak pipe. We need to get some kind of nasty name for it. Like the meat whistles meat pipe. Queef. Ooh, it's... How's that that for you? It's the meat pipe. The queef talker. (laughs) Anyway, Rob Zombie. You know, I love Rob Zombie as... A movie maker, an yeah. artist, but as far as the music goes, I, I never could get in into it. I, I heard that. the radio hits and thought, ah, oh, that's pretty cool, but never felt compelled to buy an album because honestly, when I first saw him, 
I thought, when did Al Jorgensen start this new band called oh. White Zombie? Oh, yeah. He looks just like Al Jorgensen from Ministry. Yeah. He did. He and did. then I realized it wasn't. And then thought, well, they even kind of sound like Ministry. And I don't know, maybe, like you said, he pays homage to the movies and things, but sure. does he pay homage to the music? Because as a, yeah. as an industrial music fan from before White Zombie's existence, even Nine Inch Nails, when they came out in the industrial crowd, they were kind of soft. They were kind yeah. of considered sellouts yeah. because it was That's a little too accessible yeah. and poppy. Yep. Like, because like industrial music like kind of was horror or, uh, movies well, for your ears. That's a good point, too. Didn't always sing about well, or talk about actual just... horror movies or horror what? But, but it oh, yeah. was horror. I can only remember Even the sampling the back borrowed the heavily from Ministry, Skinny Puppy. Not to say they're the first ones to ever do it, but but they were definitely some of the first. And all of that, samples from horror movies and all of that, it borrowed heavily. I'm going to pause it real quick. Okay. He brings up, he brings up a point that... Um, actually kind of hits home a little bit. I was never a huge industrial fan. You know, I did like the Nine Inch Nails and I got into Skinny Puppy back in high school, I mean, which was eons ago. Yeah. Um, it's funny because he, he says that, oh, you know, Nine Inch Nails was kind of the sellouts and stuff like that. You ever heard of a band named Bile? No. There's a, there is, they're a real, they're an industrial band named Bile and a lot of their early stuff is exactly what he said. They're like, they weren't like being campy and fun time horror stuff like Rob Zombie is. Right. They were like, these guys scared me. I mean, I listened to their music and it was scary music. You know, another badass band was Godflesh. Oh, I, yeah. I never, I never really listened to those guys. Oh, man. Street Cleaner. That really? was a dark album. It's like, really? holy shit, nine, ten minute songs. It's yeah. Like, oh, well, wow. and it's funny because Bile, too, um, you know, early on, early in the days, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I knew more about their timeline. But like back, you know, in the early 90s, uh, their, their music just used to just make me feel icky. Oh, yeah. And I would listen to it and listen to it. And then it's funny because time, you know, time, as it does, it marches, it marched along and they came out with an album. Oh, man. I think it was 98. 99 or maybe even 2000, maybe it wasn't quite 2000, but it was called Sex Reflex. And they had a song in that uh, that was on the Strangeland um, soundtrack. You remember the Strangeland? D. Snyder. With D. Snyder and all that. It was, you know, it was, I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, that's kind of a cool song. But then I heard it was Bile and I'm like, oh my gosh, those guys aren't scary at all anymore. You know, but I know exactly what he's talking about. You know, these guys didn't really pay homage to horror movies and stuff like that. But man, they made me feel creepy and just, oh. Dude, go into any goth club in town Uh and say, oh, you know, I love the Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And they'll look at you like you're stupid. What if you walk in and say, you know what, listen, Bella Lugosi's Dead is the greatest song ever. Would they look at you and be like, oh, poser they would probably say you're a poser sure. but they would go well he does have a bit of good taste plus he probably has a big dick because he's tall yeah. so i i figure that's what everybody yeah but says you don't have I one say. of those gas masks on <laughs> dreadlocks well hey listen you're being racist again against you can't days. even go into a goth club these days mm-hmm. and look fairly pretty good gothy yeah 
You got to go, no, I'm serious, dude. I'm in it to win it. Listen, I'm wearing a gas mask. I've got dreadlocks. I've got, you know. Dude, I've been to a quote-unquote goth club since confetti. So, listen, I mean, and that's been gone for 20 yeah. years. Or I don't know. So, dude, forever. yeah, you walk in, no matter what you say, they're going to go, who the fuck is well, they're, this they're, they're a judgmental group. And how you know, do we get him out? It. They're tight knit. Yeah, they look... Oh, yeah, I hear you. But no, but what I'm saying is with Bile, it's kind of like that with me that I listened to their... What movie was that, actually? They were on... Oh, did you ever see that movie with Nicolas Cage uh, called 8mm? Uh, no. There was, a guy, so. there was a guy that did like... Uh, I can't remember exactly the the story of the movie, but basically, there's a guy who would would make snuff porn. Oh yeah, and his yeah, name was Machine, right, or something like that. And he the, he actually one time uh, there was a part of the movie where Nicolas Cage goes into his house and they were playing some old school bile, and it was creepy as shit. Oh, wow. That mu- that the music oh. It's gnarly, but I know what Chris is talking about. Hopefully, he doesn't like call it next week. Bile, those guys are pussies and they're sellouts, and because he knows better than I do, you know, whatever. They weren't scary at all. They were. They were only kind of scary for pussies. Yeah. Does he say pussies a lot? Any, I doubt it. I'm telling you He's right pretty now. Classy. Right? Any goth person that's like, if they'll take the gas mask off to call in, uh-huh. <laughs> they're gonna go. I can't believe you have no. Idea about industrial music, I did. guy. Let's tr- listen. I got to go back to my gas sure, mask. Sure. Listen, I am breathing non-filtered air real quick, so I got to get off the bone phone, and yeah. and I'll talk to you later. Right. From <laughs> Skinny Puppy and Ministry, and a lot of those early early industrial bands, where that's there were entire songs without singing. It was all just. Samples. Remember, early Ministry too was just like old goth. Some- old yeah. vampire movie or from Nosferatu or something and it's just creepy fucking music with creepy vibe and creepy motherfuckers making the music oh yeah and wow. he I don't know when I first saw White Zombie I can't remember I think it was more human than a human that's one song I, I think never it was liked that. it was the first song video I saw when they used to play videos on MTV and <laughs> it's kind of like eh He's trying to be scary, but it's not actually. I don't know scary if he's trying to be scary, but more compared to the frontline assembly and all the the oh, truly a, scary I shit. I never heard two four two. So I, mus- I don't know. Frontline assembly. Wait, front frontline. Two, I've two. seen front two four two. In fact, I used to have a couple of front two four two albums. Aren't they I saw. In, in, uh, industrial? Kind yeah, of? they were. They were. Uh, I went to Lollapalooza in nineteen ninety three, dude. Ugh. And yeah, I was I'm sorry. I, I was. No, it was good because Allison Chains and Primus uh, ended off the show. It was it was amazing, and Tool even was on the second stage back in those days. You know, awesome stuff. Oh. Back before there, never mind. I won't even get into that. But but no, Front Two Four Two. I had some of those. I yeah. didn't. Those guys were never scary to me though. I would take Ministry any day over White Zombie. But that being said, I fucking love all of his movies. House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Amen, Rejects. Brother two of my favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah. Even that cartoon he did was pretty good. Yeah, we did that on the Beast video show. And most everything it I've seen six weeks. of his visual presentation, like you say, he's a visionary. And I think that's part of why his music falls through because the vision is there, but the actual songwriting follow through. That's a well, no, substance. But he's isn't. very good with the visual it's, medium and maybe know, not sure. so much. That's Take it for what point. it's worth. That's and Go fuck your lovely selves. I will indeed. Thank you very much for that. That guy's got John 5 on the guitar, bro. 
he could write a badass <laughs> album if they really put their minds to it. You know what the thing is? John is we, Five is allegedly doing the soundtrack for the the new movie, Lords of Salem. Oh, really? Cool. And I'll bet you that shit is awesome as hell. It's it's probably it's like, awesome. I think that I mean. I think if he really put his time and effort into the music hmm. portion, maybe he could but, pull but some. But I mean, great let's put it this off. way: even what I said last week, it's like you know there were a couple of really solid songs, but it seems like he half ass the rest of them. You know, I don't. I, I mean, I can't. I can't talk for John Five. I don't know what that's all about. But I mean, it's it, you know, it's funny too because I think I like a little bit of his some of his songs a little bit extra only because they relate to the song, like Pussy Liquor and yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. The songs I like more because they, they relate. relate to the movie right. as opposed to just being you know because they're really simple. You know what? I mean? Well, I mean, and if they're part of what you're watching, that makes all the fucking difference. Well, and, in the world. And, and when I'm listening to it driving down the road, I'm I'm remembering Baby and yeah. and whatever going into that uh, the, the liquor Digging. store. <laughs> yeah, just being like, oh, I bet you do like the party, whatever your name yeah. is. You know, yeah. and you know, it's you know, and that's what it is. I don't know. I I really I'm with you. I think he's probably he, I I like his movies a lot more than I like his music. I guess if I if I'm picking uh, totally, no, yeah. I'm take the movies. Yeah, what are you gonna do? But uh, like I said, I just think he's got the perfect vessel to do it. I agree. People will come out in droves to see him live in concert. The the thing is, is I think he's. I mean, I mean, he, uh, Chris talks about bands like Skinny Puppy, who probably most people have heard of. Yeah. But I mean, they they never made it like huge. I mean, they're not not to the level of Rob Zombie billionaire type of oh, deal. Sure. You know, it's like no. I mean, but the thing is, is most of those most of those guys who, uh, you know, who 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 create that kind of music do it, and they but it doesn't really get out to a wide audience you know but rob zombie's music does in fact you know i go to i saw rob zombie you know whatever and i'm talking to my sister about it she's like i love rob zombie music and i'm thinking it's okay you know but she hates their movies because the movie here his movies because they're just too raw they're just too like um you know wicked or whatever and you know it's like teeter totter nice and water well no well the thing is is the music is made for the in my opinion it's it seems like it fits more for the masses as opposed to his movies but yeah totally whatever i don't know i agree with that all right well ed from uh upstate new york called oh ed what hey guys it's that again from upstate new york I'll get to the question of the episode response. I'll try to be brief. Um, I think a lot of it depends on maybe your demographic. If you're in that 18 to 25 market that the consumerism machine is producing stuff for, then sure. uh, let's face it, those people have a lot more expendable income than some other folks. It's not so much that they're making more money, they're just spending more. Yeah. Uh, maybe not spending so much on rent and things like that because they're in college or living at sure. home, something like that. So if I was of that demographic, I'm sure I would be spending my money on independent movies uh, just like I was back when I was in that group. And yeah. I think a lot of it depends on uh, what's available out there. Uh, you're one of these people that uh, downloads movies for free and are uh, just getting one over on the man. Uh, you're certainly not <laughs> part of the solution. Uh, and I know if you like something, you might actually go out and buy the special edition or uh, buy the high def, something like that. Uh, and I think a lot of it depends on word of mouth. Uh, a lot of my movie purchases have 
been recommendations from the podcast as far as Keith, uh, Dead Girl, things like that. Cool. That are more independent, less mainstream. Uh, That's true, too. Father's Day. Uh, don't fail uh, in their awesomeness oh, yeah. as far as movies. So a lot of it depends on uh, on your situation. You look at historically, uh, some movies get made and never get released for various reasons. I think uh, Ricky Schroeder made a version of App Pupil, Stephen King's no short way. story that was never released. I would watch I think that. John Candy One made a version two. of Thinner that never made it out <laughs> off the shelf. You know, studio tie-ups, things like that. Please, um, sir, Rick Schroeder. Fan Richard, demanding stuff Richard being released Schroeder. only gets you so far. A lot of it just comes down to dead box contract. Things like that. Uh, so that's about all I have. Uh, keep up the great work. Bye. He's right, dude. Okay. Because if you work at a mall, right. <laughs> you're working at the weenie on the stick. Sure. You live at mom's house. You have a lot of flexible income. Sure. You, you, a lot of cash aroni. No, that's true. That's true. You can go r- literally right across from weenie on a stick to the DVD shop. And that's a problem because every time I walk into Best Buy, I end up spending a hundred freaking bucks on just stupid movies that I didn't, that are almost impulse buys. Right. You know? And probably not even the, the top zingers of the day. No. Like, oh, I'm buying, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. No, I, I walk buying, into the uh, horror flick and, yeah. and say, oh, that, this looks like a cool cover. I do that a lot, you know, actually. You're buying something, you spend a hundred bucks buying goofy ass shit. So you're doing your part. I got, well, whatever. I don't, I don't do it because you I, think the Dark Knight Rises needs any more money? No, but that's okay because, uh, uh, we'll, we'll end up getting that one one way or the other because, you know, it's a, it's the dark, that will be very, sure. pa- extremely painful. But you, if, you, if you go in, you spend a hundred bucks. You're, sure. you're digging, you're looking around, you're going, that looks weird and interesting. Right. And that's typically Stuff what that it's- probably will never or not, never be bought. But you know what I've never seen at a Walmart or at a Best Buy or something like that? I've never seen like a Father's Day or, or, or a Dear God No. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these other movies that, that you know, that, 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 that specifically this bitch that was uh, doing the, the the article was talking about it's you know it's like so maybe it's a distribution problem because i Could you know, be. i feel like i feel like i i, I spend a lot of ill-advised dollars you know and make a lot of ill-advised purchases on this kind of shit but it's like i don't know i mean yeah. maybe that's just me maybe that maybe i mean obviously one person is not going to solve the problem but uh whatever ed called back in Hey guys, it's that again from Update. Uh, I'll be brief this time. I realized I didn't really definitively answer the question of the episode. It's kind of rambling. But uh, basically, I think if somebody has talent, uh, they are going to succeed in That's not the horror true, industry. Uh, a lot of it does depend on some connections, certainly. Uh, you know what? I paused it. Succeed with the ladies. I paused it because the thing is, is I don't know if that's necessarily true. If they've got talent and they've got vision and they make a great movie, that doesn't necessarily mean success. I mean, on, he, he did mention connections and I don't know what he's going to mention because I paused it later on. But the thing is, is I mean, there, how many like independent artists who have talent haven't made a big? But maybe he's thinking of the bigger T, the bigger talent, which is, Yes, they made one kick-ass movie, mm-hmm. but they're talented enough to keep 
coming up with maybe or they're talented enough to get snatched up by a a big movie studio and yeah. to to do something bigger it's like wow man maybe. you got i we'd like to pick your brain i don't know i i i i think about that more along the lines of like a talented band, especially because I mean, in the in the video show, we've been doing Die Monster Die, we've been doing Lugosi's Morphine, you know, yeah. we've been doing a couple of other bands that are, I think, are talented and make fun time rock and roll tunes, but you know, yeah. just you know, they're still, you know, they're they're probably still not rich, you know. Well, I, and the only difference I would say between music and everything is. You know, you can come up with a beautiful melody, and it's like, sure. oh, that's that's just mm-hmm. the strings, just strum them, and okay. anyone can come up with a great chord. What I'm, t- what I think is mm-hmm. that, man, to to make a great movie, mm-hmm. you've got to have a great idea. You've well, got to have a great story, and that that's true. You have to kind of have even an almost a groundbreaking idea, yeah, to get noticed. You know, that's a good point. That's there are two different mediums. You can't kind of you can hear songs that are popular right now where you could totally break it down and go, "Oh, that's Rolling Stones sure. from back in the day or whatever," sure. and it's and you enjoy it. Well, but, I, mean, I mean, you can as, do that the same mo- with movies a little bit, a little bit, but. Those movies are going to be in the B bin. Would you, you know, think you've got that, to have the the idea that's just like wow, that is. I something. wonder if it's tougher to make it in music or in film. I wonder, or, or if it's just a, if it's just a, like shooting fish in a barrel. I wonder if it's just the luck of the Irish or whatever. You know, could be. I, I wonder. Mean, I don't know yeah. because there's so many people who do certain things that I just I'm I think are wonderful and great. And I want them to make more, but I know they can't because they're not huge and big. Yeah. Uh, even these mid-sized studios, they they see talent and they they sign people up. Um, just an example. I know you don't like him, but M Mike, his first movie was actually from Roadkill. <laughs> no, I, I liked some of his uh, movies. I didn't like his The Happening. He sucked a big ball sack. I couldn't get through it. Um, oh, so I can just imagine the, the backstory behind that where the studio said, you direct this movie, and then we'll let you make the movie you want to make. And I wonder what he did before The Sixth Sense. And then made a bunch of pieces of crap. Yeah. I don't we, think he started there, We obviously. hated it, but we, we watched anyway. So, I mean, I've seen some of these independent, really independent things, the different Fangoria competition winners, things mm-hmm. like that. And, I mean, they are what they are. They're, they're kind of really low budget. Right, um, yeah. So, you know, you look at somebody like uh, uh, the guy that did the hospital and, and cabin fever. Yeah, Roth. Uh, Roth. Where his first movie was, you know, financed, bank borrowed and sold the money, uh, borrowed it from, from relatives, things like that. And uh, he made Cabin Fever, and it kind of took off from there. So, to answer your question, I don't think, as horror fans, we owe it to the independent makers, other than if they make a great product, uh, we're going to support it by buying it, uh, word of mouth, that kind of stuff. Uh, you look at a movie like Stakeland, uh, oh, was filmed and then kind of got a slow, slow going, um, and it's still quite popular on iTunes, places yep. like that, where it's a couple years old, but uh, the word is out that that's a great movie and and uh, still, you know, still selling. Okay, that's it. What a good point. Well, that was really it. <laughs> yeah, that was like that's it. That's I'm it. Out. Zinc. Oh yeah, dude. No, and it's I don't know for this one. 
it's funny because this is kind of a tougher question yeah. because it's like, I think that when it comes down to it, it all depends on, you know, your personal taste, your personal situation as um, what you feel like you owe the independent horror community. Listen, if you can't afford, you know, whatever, then you can't afford it. You know, that, yeah. that and that's the bottom line. Me and Shane were just talking about, listen, life is like you're treading water and all you want to do is keep your head above water, but every once in a while you get a cramp in your limbs and shit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a good goddamn movie will make you go, that's right. I will find, I will scratch up the cash. But to the, go but see the that thing sucker. is too, is the question is, is okay. Now it's 2012, almost 2013. You know, film and storytelling have been around. Well, film has been around for a hundred and some odd years. Uh, you know, storytelling has been around for eons. Yeah. You know, it's like how many, Who's going to come up with a brand new thing? Nobody's going to come up with something that's completely new. You got to find something that's going to wow people. Yeah, and it's just I—it's almost impossible, man. It gets harder and harder, but that's what makes it interesting. Maybe because, or that's know, what makes it bland. Because it's like, I'll, oh, well, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you year. right now. You know, even back in the nineties, you're like, how in the hell are they gonna, you know? And, sure. And it just keeps. No, coming you're and coming. you're absolutely you're absolutely right. It's just getting creative and doing it. But you know, how much do you owe them? Well, to do it. You know I what? Mean, you know what? The funny thing is, is uh, some of the most uh, unique movies that I've seen lately depend on uh, the culture or technology to really boost it. For instance, yeah. the, the last movie that I really went into and came out with a completely blown mind was like it was like in 1999 when I went to see The Matrix. You can't, but the thing is, is you can't, that that's the kind of movie you cannot make in the 50s because, you know, the internet or computers or virtual reality, that was all, that wasn't even a thing, you right, know, right. back then. And, put the th- and I don't expect everybody to be, you know, every independent movie to be a Matrix to, to come out with that kind of a story or whatever. It's just got to have something, I think. Yeah. But, well, it's like Sinister. Oh, yeah. Sin- I, I still haven't seen it. It's a really it, solid it, movie. It, it, everyone goes, wow. I love that, that movie. Was, that seemed to me like a sleeper. Because they uh-huh. had some trailers. They had, they sure. had trailers. Sure. But it wasn't just like, this is going to blow your mind. Unbelievable. You know, it's just like, it was that. Kind of what Edward was talking about, that word of mouth was like, wow. The thing is, a sleeper or Cabin in the Sinister, Sinister and Cabin in the Woods, they may, quote unquote, I don't think they were independent horror Well, no, no, no. Because, I mean, they had some budget behind them. They had some big name actors. I mean, freaking Cabin in the Woods had Thor in it for hell's sake, you know, and even uh, Sinister had the kid from Explorers in it. I can't remember his name right now. Right, right. You know, so, I mean, that's great, but the thing people are going to see that, but they actually made a great story. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is not every... So when you're talking independent horror, A, it's got to be the... It's got to be an awesome story. It does. And so often, in my opinion, they just don't... They, they kind of rehash something of, in their own little way. A lot of times, they'll, they'll, they'll have a fantastic story, right. but they don't have the delivery. They don't have the camera. They don't have this. They don't have that. And, and that's then what it sucks. comes out, and it's like... That's ah. the quandary, man. You know what's almost sounds like the new way to do things? What? Is if you are an independent filmmaker mm-hmm. you do like hobo with a shotgun sure. you make a trailer oh, for yeah. the movie and you see you if it's shoot. gonna stick and the people go whoa 
And then people go, we're on board. Let's make the movie. It, 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 that's, it's almost like a trial run. Yeah. Even, uh, even, uh, what was it? Grace, a movie that I, that we, yeah, yeah, we did yeah, for the video that, show. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that movie, it just came out as like a short. You know, somebody put that together and, and then exactly. like, holy Mama. shit, that's a great, is it, did, was Mama a short? Mama's a short. You can watch it on YouTube. Dude, what, what was a movie that we've done recently that was a short and then it ended up being a, Oh, I cannot even remember. But but the, you're right. That's how a lot of movies do it now. Yeah. I don't know. It's almost like a testing type of place. Let's yeah. throw it out there, see what people say. Then let's build on it as we go. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, I really wish that there was a definitive answer to this, but there's not. And so let's continue. Lauren called in. I'm actually saying it's Lauren. I'm, help, I'm having like a technology meltdown. She called on the old bone phone. appropriate number. Um, yeah, Doug, your Paul Nashy episode, we oh, also covered you. some of his earlier stuff on the in, death um, rattle, the second death rattle episode, which also features a, a sweet voicemail from Mike Daver. That's um, what? <laughs> and I super like Shane's, um, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. Dude, the Donnie Marie, Turn that's, over, all, that's all uh, Mike and... And uh, Ember hypothetical boom boom time in the last episode what? that was like the highlight of it for me. Um, <laughs> I'd sign up for that. Uh, question of the episode. Um, I don't know about. I think as horror fans, we do have an obligation to put money towards what we want to see more of. I agree because what we put money towards, we'll get more of. Um, so I'm not going to say only indie because you do have some like super sharp business people mm-hmm. like back in the day you know like John Carpenter he was kind of like the David Bowie or Mick Jagger of film or he's just Ooh. like a really astute cutthroat he probably business person <laughs> in addition to being um, a talented artist sure. um, he just found a way in but um, yeah so I think um, I'm sure Wolfie will go into this more um but, yeah, just the way, even with writing, like, the way the publishing industry set up, they set up this myth of, like, the star of an artist. Right. If you want to make good art, you can't make money off of it. So it's, like, this fucked up paradigm that's continued today, till today. It's been like, around forever. Money now, and um, maybe the, and sometimes the quality of the product. And uh, right. so, like, either indie or not, um, what we throw money at, we'll get more of. So um, I felt guilty because, I mean, this is a studio film, but I felt guilty because I didn't make a see Sinister because oh, right. I was sick. And then within, like, by the time I was starting to feel better, it wasn't showing, like, I would have to rent the fucking car to, like, go out and find the theater right? and drive an hour the or two dollar to, theater to go see shit. it. Yeah. So I did not do that. But um. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the episode, and I'm going to um, hang up before this thing GPs me. <laughs> we'll do that, then. Everybody's afraid of getting GP'd. I don't blame them. Yeah. I, don't, I do not blame them. That's a bummer when you get that. You know what? Can, you know what, She kind of leads right into what I'm talking, what, what my answer is going to be. Can I, can I give mine a, a little bit early? Oh, you're going you're gonna to pre-taint well, we, us? We're only, we're only halfway through the voicemails or something, but uh, um, I just, here, here's the thing. She's right. Whatever we give our money to, 
is our is kind of what we do. I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of what we're going to get more of, okay? Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't a real big deal that she didn't make it out to Sinister or whatever, because, I mean, obviously it's one person, it's eight bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, you know what? No, I'm going to save it. I decided. All I'm saying is she's got a great point that... That, that when when she says whatever we spend our money on, we're we're probably going to get more of. Sure, regardless of if they make money, big money. Well, on, not even on, big on, money on. if they make money at all, especially when you're talking about like the Father's Days of the yeah. world or or whatever. If they make some money, that's what we're going to get more of. I realize that people don't always make stuff that is going to make money because you know they have this small little niche or yeah. you know whatever. But it it. Regardless of what anybody wants to say, it's about money. It takes money to make these things. I want money. That's what I want. Is that a song or some so shit? So if you can make something that makes some kind of a monies, right? then you want to make more of that so you can make more of the money. <laughs> I told... Dude, that was one of the wisest, huh? wisest things I've ever heard. How do you like that? Putting some of the weirdest language that I've ever heard. Uh, let's see. Vaughn called in. Vaughn? The big bone bologna cone. Again. <laughs> it's like I forgot to say this before. Um, one here. Uh, this is an also. I'm getting to be like the wolf man. I'm going to record 55 fucking, uh, <laughs> Anyway. Um, I want to put in a, what is it, a, a nomination for a category in the best of show. Oh, awesome. Um, and it should be best phone call, best voicemail by Aaron. You know, the crazy uh-huh. crack guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we just, you know, you guys can talk about those. Maybe Aaron can send in a lovely myth of... Oh, uh, they're probably good. the best yeah. thing in the voicemail part of the show when he does the lead voicemail. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> and that bumper he made for you guys, that promo. Oh, my God, it's, best. it's probably the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next to that guy doing the... We did the, we did the video for you guys with the, the fat check and Twinkie. Oh. Oh yeah, that, that was uh, no, that was uh, that was uh, Bill. All right, heads. That was yeah, Bill Dalen that did that for us. Waggly dick bastards. They probably hung like fucking like you know shrimp, like fucking the babies on clutching a watermelon. It's like fucking frightening <laughs> down there. Especially Mike's special underwear. Holy cow! Anyway, girl, <laughs> talk to you later. Bye bye. Really, that was it. That was it. He just called in to talk some shit, dude. You just called in to talk motion some shit. Motion Picture Massacre, dude. Dude, you know, that that's what... I it, love that. Motion buddy. Picture Massacre is like an hour and a half of talking shit. Oh, dude. There you I go. I love him. I'm in love with him. We were just talking about podcasts we like, and uh, Shane mentions the ones that uh, some that some guys just sit there and talk and don't give a shit about you and whatever. That's Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Fun. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, I love natural, organic thing, man. It sounds like he's going to quit at any minute. <laughs> any minute, if you piss him You're off, like, he's done. You know what? I mean, he'll pause and be just like, I'm fucking done. I'm turning this off, and I'm done. Forever. You know what? And I sometimes I believe it. Sometimes I'm like, even though he took the time to upload the show and to update his website and stuff like that, yeah. I still believe that he's done. I, I mean, I feel like I'm in his bags. mind, man. Talking about movies, 7,500 fucking years. <laughs> so this is what was, this is so-and-so half your bags. Yeah. Cowardly fuck your bags. <laughs> That's right, dude. Oh, Sign dude. Up. Oh, I love Von so GD much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wolfman called him. And eat a dick. Eat a dick. 
Michael, I did not break my promise. I promised I would call you back when I figured out an answer. Well, I didn't figure out an answer, not until this morning. Well, we're glad you did. Hostile. I've heard people call that film a classic. Me, I just keep rolling my eyes harder and harder until I'm looking at my own frickin' optic nerve. <laughs> the guy wanted to be a surgeon, but his shaking hands kept him out of it. So what does he do? Does he perform unnecessary surgery in order to prove what he could have done? He tortures no. people. He takes shock tools to people. Sure. That's bullshit. That's okay. It's and let's move. not get into the fact that Roth has been such an asshole about it in so that's many true. ways. And that's let's true. Just look at the fact that every freaking character in that movie. I got to pause it. All right. Can I say the Eli Roth to movies is like Lars Ulrich to music? He kind of is. He's kind I'm going to say something right now. Oh, dear. Darian would slap your face. Right I now. well, he dude. loves Eli Roth. Plus, he's but Darian's such a little dude. I wonder if he could like jump and even hit my face. No, probably but, not. No, okay, whatever. But I'm just saying he's. Well, listen, he's, he, here's why. Here's why because the, I think they put out good music, and, and I'm one of those guys that really like Death Magnetic by Metallica. Okay, you know I even like that. I didn't, you know, he, I even like some of the tunes from those Load and Reload. Okay. Are you talking about Eli Roth? No, I'm talking, talking about, about Lars Ulrich. Yeah, All Lars Ulrich's a little so, But what I'm saying is he's got some good stuff. Yeah. Just like Eli Roth, in my opinion. But he's such a douche about it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, you know. That's some, the Morgatorium down there in. The uh, Goratorium, which yeah. I want to see down in Vegas. Yeah. I want to hit that one day. Right. Hit it. Either obvious meat or obnoxious enough that you want them to die. <laughs> it's a showcase for the fact that Roth can do special effects. And that's great, but that's what makes you a good person for special effects, not a good director. Oh. Along the same line, I Avatar. I do not want to spend 20 oh, well, you per person in order to watch a three-hour tech demo, so James Cameron can suck it. Oh, uh, yeah, that was boss. Now, question of this week. What is our responsibility to the indie horror community? Our responsibility is what it has always been. To sift through and find those diamonds in the rough. Sure. Hmm. To talk about them. To say, holy shit, man, you have got to see this. Sure. Yeah. Our responsibility is not to go out and see everything that hits. Our Absolutely. responsibility is not to go out and buy everything, regardless of what we think of its quality. And these dogs aren't making any money, huh? Guess whose fault that is? It's not ours. It's not the horror fans. It's the big studios. When Halloween came out, independent theaters were going strong. You could find them anywhere. These days, almost every theater of any real size, and most that aren't, are part of a chain that's owned by the six companies, the six media conglomerates, that control yeah. content in this country. That's where I saw The Hobbit. Which means that you end up with things like the new Silent Night film only opening in 11 freaking theaters And that movie the was amazing. Yes, enough theaters. that it doesn't get called free to DVD. That movie was amazing, too. Meanwhile, the latest big Hollywood remake is being rammed down everybody's throats because there's no other decent horror that week. It's a three-hour drive for me to get to Chicago, the closest place to me where Silent Night was playing. Oh. So that raises the bar from $20 a person to $20 a person, a tank of gas, that's another $35 these right, days, yep, right. dinner at Chicago prices, possibly even lodging, depending on when I can catch a screening. That's not worth going to see a movie, and in my opinion. And since they released it the first weekend of December instead of later in the month, it conflicted with a convention that I wasn't just scheduled to attend, but to host three panels at. Yeah. Guess who didn't go to see Silent Night, despite actually really wanting to? Yep. Yeah. And the DVD distribution deal. 
Oh, he got GP'd. Bro. Oh, and he's on fire. Yeah, he's on, he's. I'm a little bit scared to start this I next know, one. This problem. next one's really like. <laughs> you shall not silence me that easily. <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yes, TV distribution deals. A lot of those end up being done through those same media conglomerates, or at best coming through a company that's going to skin the creators alive on the royalty. Oh, yeah. Because they're just desperate to get distribution. So, what is it? Excuse me a moment. I believe I feel a revelation coming on. Oh, dear. Oh, we hit up Kickstarter and we scour it for films that sound like the things we want to see, as <laughs> it is the Lord's will. We support projects like the Tunnel, which are putting themselves out as free torrents, but letting you buy a physical DVD or donate what you think the film is worth just to support the cause. <laughs> we back things like Marble Hornets. We find ways to support alternate distribution and independent horror, and we spread the word, my brothers. <laughs> word of mouth is what's going it. to get these movies their support, brothers and sisters. Look at trick-or-treat and paranormal activity. Yeah. Trick-or-treat got screwed as punishment by the powers above for Superman Returns. But eventually oh, it did true. get put out that's as God totally demanded true. because his people demanded it enough that yep. Warner Brothers realized they were actively refusing our money by not putting out. And all activity hits the convention circuit and Paramount realizes that with a little extra work they can make a mint off of it because they've heard the word of mouth and they've heard how many people <laughs> think it's a new and improved Blair Witch Project. Sure. And so as yeah. God willed it, this little movie becomes worth more than 10,000 times its original value. <laughs> but the more we can cut Paramount and Warner and company out of the loop, the more the support goes to the indie filmmakers. That's and true. that, my brothers, is where it really needs to go, where it really should go. Can I get an amen? Amen! So what I'm saying is, fuck the man. Rupert Murdoch and Ted Turner can blow me while the waters suck my wrinkly sack, and we're going to find the next John Carpenter or Clive Barker on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. So get out there and start looking, brothers. Instead of bitching about how many indie films aren't going to see a movie screen because the sons of bitches running the company don't give a rip about anything but lying in their pockets, yeah. Get out there and find these movies and give them your hard-earned coin and support them. As the good Lord says, quit your bitching and do something productive with yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah, my brothers. Amen, my oh, sisters. Praise yeah. Satan. Hey, Larish. And pass me the <laughs> communion bourbon. <laughs> this has been the Reverend Wolfie Man. I am Jesus. I and love this you. Is oh, my That's so great. Oh, my gosh. That You know what? He's spot on with that. You know, it's so, it's, it, everyone is so, like, 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 it just seems like those, like, Warner Brothers or whoever else is the big women are just so finicky. It's mm -hmm. silly to me sometimes to realize why they don't promote one movie or another or whatever. It, ugh. right. Oh my gosh, dude. So go, so talk about, give us your bit. Listen, what, what do you got to say? Okay. We have one more voicemail. Oh. And it's the one, oh, that, oh. but 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 it's the one from Chris that, that you're right. Let, let's do our thing now, okay? And then we'll go right before we go into the one minute of Balzac. Good uh, with Chris. But here's what I've got to say, okay? Let me paint you a picture of a young man mm -hmm. who lives in the uh, in suburbia, in Utah. Well, now he lives in West Jordan. Okay, he's bald and he has a beard. Okay, yeah. but you know what? He wakes up every day. 
Yeah. He goes to work for eight hours a day. He comes home. He deals with the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he hangs out with his wife and he watches the sports and, and stuff like that. But you know what? This man happens to be a horror movie fan. fanatic. Yes. Right. Now here's, here, here's the thing. And I guess I, and I'll be honest with you guys. I kind of brought this up as the question of the episode because I was a little bit pissed off that, and I won't even give out his website or anything, but this guy had the balls to, 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 to basically Shame. scold the, the, the horror fanatics in because of a handful of movies didn't make their money. The thing is, is like I said, I go out and I'll, and I'll spend the money. I'll, yeah. here, you know, I understand that life is shit. It's hard. It's sure. not only hard for me, it's hard for everybody. It's hard for independent filmmakers to get their shit out. So what do they do? They get on the Facebook. They get on the Twitter. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, they try to get their articles in Fangoria or Horrorham. Pimp it out. They're doing their best. But you know what? I have a life, sir. Yeah. I have lots of responsibilities that I've got to deal with every single day. Right. However, I still, knowing that there are these people out there putting out these movies, I understand that, you know what? If I like something, I have to support it. Sure. Sure. So what do I do? I go out and I buy the four disc Blu-ray edition of Father's Day. Yeah, I and go we out. Pimp the hell out of it. We do. I go out and you know I'll do this and that. the thing. It was is, a great movie. We love it. I totally agree. Here's the thing. As far as what's my responsibility? Yeah. I say to you, f your responsibility. Sure. This is entertainment. It is my responsibility to keep. A roof over my kids' heads. Exactly. It's my responsibility yeah. to keep my wife and family happy. It's my responsibility to make sure I'm doing good at work. If Mammy Pappy ain't happy, nobody happy. When somebody's telling me that I'm not doing enough for some asshole that I don't know about, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad about it. Now, listen. Would it be nice to have tons of Father's Days? It would. Yes. It would be amazing. It would be awesome. But you know what? Don't tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing. Because, unfortunately, the, the world has panned out the way it, it, it has. Yeah. There are tons of stuff out there potentially worthy about, or worthy for my dollars, worthy of me watching it and pimping it on this show. But you know right. what? There's only so much a humble man like me can do. Absolutely. That so, is tootly swootly. When he sits there and tells me and scolds me and says, you're not doing enough, I got to give him the middle finger. Yeah. Because you know what? I feel like I am doing, I have a huge interest in horror. In fact, I probably have a bigger interest than 99.999% sure. of yeah. people out there. The thing is, is as far as being a consumer, there's only so much one person can consume. I think that the answer, my answer to this question, what do we owe independent horror movies is, is that we continue to go out there and watch things that, 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 that we feel like watching. Now we hear about these things through word of mouth. We hear about these things through articles in, you know, the magazines. We sure, hear about yeah. these things through di- our different ways. But, you know, and there's even some times when I'll search it out, but I don't feel like I need, I have a responsibility to watch everything out there, man. Absolutely. There's just not and enough time in the day. There's, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I and, and maybe I'm being a little bit indulgent on this question because I'm a little bit pissed off that this yeah, guy it, had well, this whole sense. article. 
And because the, the thing is, is I feel like I do my part. I feel like, you know, I check these out. I watched The Pact on Netflix Instant the other day. I liked it so much that I bought it off Amazon. Yeah. Is that because I'm like, oh, you know what? I really feel like I need to support this movie. No. It's because the I like the movie, movie, so I bought it. You've That's what it is. Storyline. You've got, Wolfie is absolutely right. Yeah. It's about the sift. Because, you know, look, you watch a thousand movies yes. that are not good and you find yes. the gems. Absolutely. So it's not like the, whole, you know, independent filmmakers yes. should be happy enough that someone found the movie to watch. Right. And I'm not trying to indict independent filmmakers. But sure, go on, sure. But go but, on. But, but the, the, the deal is, is those gems that you yes. do find, yes. you, scream to the top of the clouds on the unicorn of the mountain that, like Father's Day. Absolutely. I love that movie. I do too. I thought it was fantastic. I do too. You know, we pimp that. We do everything we yes. can for it. You buy the four disc, you know. Yeah, I did. It still didn't make the money. But it wasn't. How here, here's do the you, thing. What and what? It's like, what, what but, do you want But more? the thing is, is there's nothing more we can do. I bought that four disc Blu-ray, but because of the deal that those guys had made, they didn't get shit from that. Right. And it's like, well, what else do you want me to do? How many hoops do I have to jump through? Right. Um, here's the thing, too, is Wolfie specifically brought in, brought up Silent Night. Yeah. I went out and bought the Blu-ray DVD combo of that because, you know, I actually bought it blindly because I heard it was really good because yeah. if I listen to podcasts and whatever. The, the, the crew. Here, here's my bottom line. Here is the bottom line. As a responsibility, for a responsibility as a horror nerd or a horror fanatic, right? I don't think that there is any responsibility I have necessarily except to do what comes naturally. Yeah. I like horror podcasts, so I listen to them. Right. On said podcast, they say Silent Night's great. I'm going to go check that shit out. I like... I, I I like horror so much that I'm gonna buy Room Org. I'm gonna check out Room Org. Room yeah, Org says yeah. something like this. It's like if it if it strikes me as something that I'm really interested in, I'm gonna do it. I don't I don't feel like we as horror fans, as horror fanatics, need to do anything outside of um just being ourselves. Well, and that's all you can do because you're gonna do it anyways. And you're that's gonna exactly hunt down right. the shitty movie, the awesome movie. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to watch it. You're going to, you're going to sit down at Netflix. Absolutely. And you're going to go halfway or all the way through movies all the time. And here's the thing. And you're going to say, oh, that's a two star, one star. Sure. I shouldn't have even watched that. Mm-hmm. Or that's fantastic. Now I need to get online and tell everybody about it. Now, as, as people too are sitting there saying, well, you know what? If you only, if you don't give all these independent horror movies or let, I mean, we can even say independent bands or stuff. If you don't give them their due, they're going to stop doing it. I don't think that's true necessarily. It's I not. don't because I mean, you, we have so, I mean, how was Father's Day made in the first place? Yeah. Those kids aren't going to stop making movies because they didn't make any money. And that's not their first go. That's not no, their... No, that's not. You know, they've done plenty of stuff. This is what they love to do. They've chosen this to do. And, and on top continue. of that, they may not have made any money off this, but sure. I'll tell you what. Astron 6, yeah. everybody knows who Astron 6 is. I guarantee you the next Can't time they wait. put out a movie, yeah. they're not going to need Troma to distribute it for Right. Them. They are going to say, here's our movie. We have a name now. Here's the thing. I guess, I listen, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a sage. I don't know what's going to happen. But just 
do what comes naturally as horror fans. I think that is the extent of what we, what our responsibility is. That sounds good to me. Okay. You got anything to add? No. A couple more hell yeahs. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel, I do feel a little bad. I mean, I wish I had the I wish I had the means to uh, sit there and just buy everything for the sake of buying it. But I mean, I don't. Well, that's why. I mean, every podcast you listen to that's horror related goes, "Don't fucking buy that. <laughs> don't buy this. Buy that." You know, it's like any way you break this entire question down, yep. it's going to be opinion. It's going to be taste. It's yes, going to be sifting through the good and the bad independent or big time. Lawrence talking about sinister sure. and how, and, and I like the idea of let's go to the movie theater, see the big horror flicks. Cause they'll keep making them and they'll keep doing it for us, but you can only do what you can do. And that, and that's the thing. And I think that's, I don't think that there's necessarily, res- listen, responsibility is a term that went, that, that I assign to things like I have responsibility to my family. Sure. I have responsibility to where I work. I have responsibility to certain people. I don't have a responsibility to make sure some guy who must, may have made an awesome thing. I understand the, that if nobody does it, if nobody goes out and checks out this movie, I understand that it's probably we're not going to get another one like it. But just like you said, man, you do what you can do. You do what you can do. And it goes like we've talked a thousand times about rock and roll bands. Yep. There's a thousand bands that are unbelievably that are awesome yes. out there that you've never heard of. Right. And they would love a million bucks. But my problem is, is I buy the album once. That's not going to give me a million bucks. Right. You know, here's the thing. I mean, in the bottom line, okay. And, and we've talked enough about this. I'm done. I know you're sweating. Uh, you got, you're <laughs> starting to perspire. Let's get on. All, all I'm saying is, is that it bothers me that there are these people that, that specifically this one guy was, was kind of scolding us into thinking that, that, that we need to support this stuff regardless of quality, regardless of whatever. No, I'm sorry. There's only so much me as a mortal man can do. That's it. And That's I, I will just say to said uh, whoever it was, mm-hmm. where's your list of shit that you've done? Sure. I mean, you can you can you can preach and go. You're not shame on you, everybody. Right. But right, right. List everything you're doing. And the thing throw is, throw away is, your wallet, throw away your time, throw away your energy, throw away everything. Mm-hmm. You can write a beautiful little blog or whatever. Sure, it is. and get pissed off and have this righteous indignation. Right, but. Go ahead and show some tax receipts on, you know, show me where you've right. put in. You know, you know, it's funny is because. Or is when, that your contribution? Well, when you say, when you, exactly, when you say something like that, it's like, you, I think, oh, well, you know, he has a blog, he's got a podcast, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, oh, well, we have a podcast too. And I get caught up in, the, oh, well, I'm doing my part and stuff like that. But you know what? It's not about that. It's not about having a podcast. I, I don't do this podcast to promote independent movie. I do necessarily. I mean, I do this podcast because I like hanging out with this sexy mother effer over here, hanging out I'm and like, talking about I it. I like looking at YouTube, man. You that, that's what I'm saying. The bottom line is, is if it's good, we're getting all worked up. We're getting, we're I'm, getting, I'm just, I'm, it's I'm like we're really getting ready upset. to enter the WWF. I'm, de- it's WWE ring. now. We don't want to get, we don't want to get in the, like, a, I'm just a, saying, with the w, with you the can write a great blog and go, Hey, you're all a bunch of bastards for not support, supporting this thing. But it's like, where's, where's your, where's your, you know, 
Well, okay. But Where's the, your but, money, Taters? But the let's thing see is, your, let's see your breakdown. Okay. Let's see your big wallet. Let's see your here, here, your, your your receipts and tax. The thing I is, is I'm sure he that. bought he the movie. Not. I'm sure he this guy not. bought this. He did but not. it's only he one person. But to to come out with that kind of righteous indignation, whatever, I'm done. Yeah. We got to get going on with Me this too. show because I've got enough negativity. Yeah, let's talk about Balzac. We've got one more voicemail that has nothing to do with this. But before we do that, here's what we're going to do. We're I'm going to go ahead and give out the the question for the next episode. We're gonna like Chris Jesus and Slaves actually sent something super special for us today. But I'm going to give them the question for the next episode out. We're going to listen to uh, Chris's thing. We'll talk about that. Okay. But then we're going to go right into one minute of Balzac. Okay. okay. So here is the question for next episode. And this was made, do me a favor. You have to say this because people love it when you come up with nicknames for people. Okay. Like LeVay. Okay. And uh, oh, good for you know beach oh, truck and, and whatever. Yeah, right. Okay, um, I need you to do something for me. Okay, I need you to say it's from the lovely bud, uh, Laura McCarthy. Oh, Warren McCarthy. Oh, god, say I lovely love, bird, sh- lovely bird. That guy, okay, that so, girl's a sweet bird. I she, must say. <laughs> Yeah. I hope she's happy with that. Um, she actually gave us the, the question for the next episode. Um, because right now it's very topical in England because the newest princess is pregnant with the likely monarch. Yeah. For over there. And that, you know, that's a whole deal. Basically, here's what the question is. And she's, and she submitted this. Okay. Um, including non-traditional pregnancy like themes, like for example, alien. Okay. And parasites as well as actual babies. What's your favorite pregnancy slash gestation related horror film and best read grossest birthing scene? Oh. That's for next episode. That that, I already know what I'm going to do. I, ah, you, it's not, it's not necessarily the grossest, but the most disturbing to me. I already have it in my head. I'm ready to go with this one. But here's what we're going to do. Oh, That's yeah. a question for next episode. The bone phone number. Are you guys ready for this? It is. I'm not ready for it myself quite yet. It is 385-35. Holy shit. My iPad is acting like a bitch. 385-351-9273. That is 385-351-9273. What is the best birthing slash gestation part in a movie? I cannot wait to hear this, these answers. Me neither. So here's what we're going to do. Let's play this. Lauren uh, McCoy, you're a beautiful lovely bird. bird. You're a beautiful bird. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, uh, here's, here's Chris, and he's got a little treat for all oh, of us. Yeah. He's got a treat. Okay. In fact, I actually listened to this before, you know, we yeah, I typically kind of save it, but this right. one was so great. Here it is. Okay. Here's Jesus and Slaves, Mr. Morrissey of Utah. Six pack abs. Six pack abs. And does he still have the goatee with the, with oh, the yeah. beads? Oh yeah. Bead no goatee. No beads in it. No beads oh. in it, but he L- should. L- sh- uh, supposedly he should. should be bead goatee, Chris. Here it is. Mike and Shane, sexy motherfuckers. It's me again, Mr. Jesus and Slaves, the Morrissey of Utah. You said something about, I wonder how many Rob Zombie we're going to get. So I threw this together for you. Yeah. Yeah. Took a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. Nice. So I hope you love it. The title is Deep Throat of Burger Dick. (laughs) Deep Throat of Burger Dick, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Deep throat a burger. So day. here we go. Here it is. Here it is. Are you ready? Okay, go. What the hell? 
That was amazing, dude. Death uh. over there tonight, and go fuck yourselves, dude. You know what's funny is uh, I, I've decided that uh, over the um, over the year that we've done Corpse Cast, almost yeah. a year, yeah. that uh, we were going to have a, 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 a Corpse Cast Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. kind of a you know some of the voicemail or or trailer or not trailer promos and, and some of the tunes that some people have made for us right and this is definitely going on that one dude and that, we're gonna play those during did you the hear best that, that that's all him going that's dude i think that was all him doing that i mean besides that beat uh-huh. that uh-huh. was him doing that by the he's mouth he's a talented guy i mean what do we expect of the morsi of utah humming yeah sure that's amazing all right, so let's do this. Let's go ahead and play one minute of Balzac. Oh, yeah, and, let's uh, do it. Come back to talk about a band named Balzac. What the hell? Okay. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're going to be back.
Our talk. We are taking a trip to the Orient. Oh, to to the Asian countries. To the Asian say, lands. Shall we say that? Okay. All right. Awesome. We're taking it to the Asian lands with this band. You just heard Mike's minute. That is not really a minute. It's never been a minute. Much more than a minute. It's never going to be a minute. No. We're talking right. about Balzac and Judgment Day. Let me ask you something. Okay. Before we get started, do you think that there? I mean, I realize that Balzac is like a French artist from back in the day. And, you know, now there's been, like, like marketing companies to take their name I almost on. think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. But I'm, I'm just wondering, do you think that it's like, okay. Any connection? No. Oh. All I'm saying is, I'm sure there's a connection between the French artist and poet and whatever that is. But I'm wondering, dude, when it all boils down to it, it freaking sounds like ball sack. Of course. WTF, LOL. Balzac uh, and you? Big Ball Sack. They, That's what I'm saying. They kind of sound the same. Exactly. Balzac.jp is where you can find this band. We are talking about Judgment Day from 2010. There's 21 tracks. Record label is Gone Shin. Ooh. And that, that was kind of a... Things that make you go, hmm. Would you say that's me. an oriental uh, uh, label? You know, I don't know for sure, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. That sounds like the bad guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, Egg Chin. Uh, Egg Chin. Yeah, sure. Well, that was a good guy, but whatever. All right. Um, the 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 thing that that made me go hmm about this is they used to be on Misfits Records, owned and manned and honed by Jerry D. Only Jerry Diffusionis Only. And the only thing that I can assume is that Jerry only dropped him after they, you know, he, he took him on the road like uh, a bunch of uh, circus freaks. Hey, look at these Japanese guys. <laughs> They're playing the whore punk. <laughs> you know? Oh, come see they, the they Japanese had a, they, had a, they had a song called The Day the Earth Caught on Fire, which is one of their greatest tunes. Okay. And... The Jerry Fitz, or, you know, the later version of Misfits. Dude, they're the Misfits. Okay. Redid cool. that song. Really? So you go, the earth cut off fire. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, it's like, I think that as soon as it was kind of, uh, he signed him to the record label, and then he kind of went, oh, this, oh, it, yeah. the gimmick's kind of over. Sure. You know? Japanese. Asian um, horror punk. Yeah. You don't know. And then that, that was it. Uh, the genre style, or the genre style, genre, or the genre style <laughs> includes horror punk, sure, hardcore punk, sure, death rock, sure, digital hardcore. I never okay. heard that until I listened a couple weeks ago to Corey. Uh, you know, might have heard him. I got an electric chair. Oh, electric chair, yeah. He said digital hardcore, and I went, Really? What the F is that? Because I'll tell you what, these guys kind of reminded me of a pseudo-industrial yeah, type of thing. Yeah, they've, okay. they've got little tits of that. Sure. Balzac is a Japanese punk band from Osaka, Japan. Formed in 1992, <clears throat> the band was founded by lead singer-songwriter Hiri Sayuki Nashiyama Nataihretetu. Um... Who has remained the only constant member of the band since the beginning of the band. In 1992. Was highly influenced. Did I say 82 or 92? You said 92. 1992. Which I was a freshman 
or a sophomore. You were just a young in little, high school little bat. They've been around forever. In cave. Yes, indeed. Um, he's the constant member of the band. He's been the only guy uh, since the beginning, highly influenced by the sounds and the imagery of American horror punk bands, The Misfits, okay. and Sam Hain, adopting the musical and visual of both of the bands to create their own Japanese horror punk sound. Cool. Take that into consideration. I am. The, I'm doing with that. The, with the digital... I had never heard the words digital hardcore until I was reading up on these going, who are these Asian guys? Listen, at this point, I'm convinced that there is every, there's so many genres out there that, that I'm never going to be able to catch up. Like, like we got metalcore and we got, we got evil hardcore and we got gothcore and all the, you know, all sorts of weird. I'm never going to catch up on it. It's all, you know what? Let me ask you something. Okay. There was a man, a wise man back in the eighties that said, you know, bands of a million styles. Okay. But it's still that same old back beating rhythm. They really, really catch a mile. They said rock and rock and roll is a beating. And for some I believe them. Yeah, it's all. By the way, that was that's my only karaoke tune I've ever done, ever. With me. With you. Live on stage. At Burt's Tiki Lounge where we filmed the video show. But all I'm saying is is I'm gonna I'm gonna quit trying to figure out all the genres and just Enjoy the rock and roll because it is still, the heart of rock and roll is still beaten. Exactly. Thank you. Let's talk about the current lineup of the band. Uh, I, bear with me with this. All right. All right. Hirosuke Nashi, Nashim Yama is the singer. Can I go for the next one? Yes. Atushi Nakagawa. Uh, he's the guitar player. Let me ask you something. I chorus. I, I feel like I'm a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess I have a little bit more. I've been to Japan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like You've that. Been to Japan. I've been to Japan for it's work. Been to Japan. I went and installed some software and stuff like that. I feel like I have like. Can I, can I keep going on this? Because I feel like yeah, I'm like going. like pretty solid on these Japanese names. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Hold on. Akio Imai. Yeah. Bass and chorus. Takayuki Manabe. Drums, digital effects, and chorus. There you go, baby. Over the years, the band has infused pop, punk, digital, industrial, and noise core into their music. Noise core? It's all rock and roll, baby. I know, man. It's just, it, it gets twisted with all the noise core, digital, everything, digital, <laughs> hardcore. It's like, There's oh, my There's so God. many names, people. Just be happy with rock Whatever and roll. Whatever happened to just clapping your hands and going, me like it. <laughs> Dude, that's it's wh- good. That's where I'm still at. I'm still at that raw me like it. And do stage. you think you run into a guy that goes, "Bro, I fucking love me some noise core. metal." Sure, I do. I know that's and, GP. and the guy goes, "Oh, really? You love that?" I, because I love metalcore, and he's like, "You piece of shit." <laughs> Listen, how you know? <clears throat> You said metalcore in my ears. Michael. Listen, let me let me tell you something. I know I know your point here, but metalcore we've actually because Levey, who didn't call in the motherfucker, this episode, okay? Yeah. But he is a big metalcore fan with a band called uh, In This Moment. In This Moment, okay? she's hot. She looked good. But I'll tell jeans. you what. So you get a guy like that, and then like Levi, and then you get a guy like GP, who's like, listen. 
I listened to Sabotage and Queen's Right. Yeah. And all those. Yeah. That's called them's, rock and roll. Them's fine words, though. You know, you get those too. However, you start talking about Gothabilly and Rockabilly. Or, yeah. you know, we touched that on the video show, too. The Gothabillies, sure. the Psychobillies, the Rockabilly. The blah, 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 blah. That's your point, though. I get it. It's yeah. all rock and roll. It's still beating people. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's poo. And eat that <laughs> and take it. Indeed. Uh, other albums, these guys have 13 studio albums Holy since 1995. Holy, what the hell? The earlier stuff is a bit more straight ahead horror punk. I, I you know, they, they've always kind of dabbled all over the place with this kind of weird little noted sure. digital core. Sure. I don't even know if I call them so much songs as just kind of interludes to the, the horror punky okay. kind of stuff. All right. Um, you're the expert. But, um, deep teenage, uh, uh, Deep Teenagers from Mars, 2004, uh, came out of the grave. You can hear a lot. Everything's on Spotify. Is that true? Because I had a hard time finding, is Judgment Day on Spotify? I don't think it is. I don't think it now is, Now that too. I'm thinking about it, yeah. I don't think that. Because I had is. that on my Google Music, because you sent over the MP3s, but I don't think that's on Spotify, man. Yeah, Beyond the Darkness is well, my you favorite. Got, that's got the the days, the, uh, the day the earth cut off fire. See, I will I, say this about Hirosuke Yokoshaka Namadaba Duty. Okay. The singer. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to come clean and say I enjoy the shit out of their music. I love okay. it. Okay. But as I listen to his voice, you got to picture a little Japanese guy. A tiny little dude, like 5'2 yeah. at the tallest. Little Japanese guy. He's got the growly in there, but he's got sure. the, but he's got the Japanese. He sounds just like Cartman. From from South Park. <laughs> I mean, literally. I, I just listen. I agree like, with you. <laughs> but I love it, dude. I I love that. <laughs> okay. All when, right. they, when they're rocking, they're rocking. All right. All right. You know. But uh, what's your favorite tunes? All right. I got. I got. Let's say you. Listen. I gotta. I gotta preface this by saying that this is the only Balzac album that I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. Um. And can, do you mind if I go off for a minute? Oh, I yeah. I can't wait. Okay. You know how we do an album every episode on this show? Sure. There are a few albums that I turn on and I'm like, oh, this is bad to the bone. Ugh, right from right, the beginning, right. you know? You mean bad to the bone is good. It's good, yes. Yes. Well, right. Yeah, duh, right? Because if you're just saying, oh, this is bad. Well, there's been a couple where I'm just like, oh, it's this is terrible. Sure. This is one. I think that this is probably the biggest change that I've had over the week long listening to Balzac because when I first heard it I was like this is okay yeah Yeah, I don't know if I like this this is hard to get through but after multiple listens it started to really grow on me yeah and I'll tell you what after all is said and done after you know 10 plus listens I I, you know this is a great album let me tell you some of my favorite songs I would love to I'm just saying people what I'm saying is if because there is a handful of stuff of theirs on Spotify and I didn't really get into it to be perfectly honest but give it a chance highlights I cry instead Mm -hmm. the countdown to death begins yeah uh, blackened to heaven, dive and judgment day a lot of the horror punky tunes yeah I mean the thing is, is the the this the the 
this album has a lot of, like I said, a kind of an industrial sound. Yeah, there's... I, you know what, listen, I don't want to insult, like, Chris, who really knows industrial. All I know is these guys had, like, the distorted vocals, and they had, like, kind of, like, the alarms and all sorts of shit going on. There's the some background. kind of rewinding, you know, you hear yeah. this, zip, 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 and, uh, and you can uh, hear the, you know, it, there's a lot of that little digital bits in there. Yes. But, I mean... Like, you could take all that out and still have a good 11, 12 songs. Listen, this is no deep throat of burger dick. Okay. There's Mm. not, there's no, there's none of that on here. You can't, no, you can't deep throat that burger dick. All I'm saying is this band did a kind of really redeem themselves after multiple listens. I had a hard time in the beginning because, you know, and, and even still now, it's like a lot of their songs were, were good, but I didn't think they were great. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they they were kind of. Here's the thing. We've what is it? Episode forty seven. We've done forty seven different bands. Right. No, maybe not forty seven. Have we ever doubled up on a band I don't on think the so. audio show? I know we've done some video and stuff yeah. like that. All I'm saying is, is you know, we have a spectrum. We have yeah. a spectrum of shitty, which is Dead by April gets the ultimate shitty, shitty. They get the shit. Stick. I saw, and then we have Ghost, who, in my opinion, blew my effing mind. Yeah. Okay. And then we have somewhere in between the Balzac. It's somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. And it's like, it's good, but it's not This great. is not a band that everyone is going to enjoy. No, and you know, to me, it's, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say it blew me away at all. Yeah. I love, no, it's not a mind burner. I mean, it's not like you just, you put it on and go, whoa, I've never, I've never felt so much sure. alive in my life. <laughs> sure. You know, but this is great just Pound it out, rock no. and roll. Get on the and skateboard, hit the pipe. And that's the thing. A lot. Listen, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to the show, and this is your first episode. I'm going to say something for you. At work, I go in and I have eight hours a day to sit there and I write software. Okay. Now the thing is, is so you need a little spruce. You need a little salt. And pepper I need a little in something in the background. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, this band does a great job. Of being in the background and, you know, really kind of getting me through my day. I'll tell you what, though, as far as the singles are concerned, as far as the ones that just changed my life, they, I don't think they have any. No, they pro- they they do not. Maybe they no. don't. I'll All tell right. you, you got to hear The Day the Earth Caught on Fire. Okay. That was the tune where Jerry only said, hey, the, these guys We're are We're going to remake the shit, sure. You know, but uh, this band... I mean, what I love about this band mm-hmm. is that a, they're soaked into horror. They're soaked into oh, horror true? punk. Okay. I mean, they are fans. They've got the woes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, sure. Huge fan, but they're clear across the waters, man. They're a Japanese band Hands doing horror punk. Across the this waters. is the first Japanese horror punk. Band. And there's something to be said about that. Yeah. You know, you go to the Orient. I, I'm just so you know, I'm saying Orient a lot because we had that whole Oriental yeah. conversation. Let's take it to the. But Orient. I mean, there's something to be said about a band who who is is willing to take a style that may may or may not be that big of a deal where they're from, and you know, exploit it. Not in, uh, it's ex- well, I'm not talking about Jerry only as much as for me. I'm saying what's exciting to me is to hear that band. Sure. 
just going, oh. You no, know, that, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, just take that and just take it to a different culture, to a different person. Yeah. You know, because, listen, we're, talking, tra- we're talking about Japan where hair metal is never got out of style. I mean, yeah. We're talking about a band where Loverboy can go over there and still sell out, sell out 25,000 Seed arenas, yeah. you know? That's what I'm saying. So you got So you're talking thing. about you know, it's like and listen, I, I love that. I, it's like Japan. Can I say something too? Yeah. I hate to insult Loverboy because um they're amazing. They're an amazing band, and I love Loverboy. But all I'm saying is it seems like the Japanese have kind of a different taste, you know, than Quiet Indian. Riot. Before Quiet Riot was huge in the United States, they were the, they were phenomenal. And after with Quiet Randy Riot, Rhodes. it was great. Before Quiet or after Quiet Riot was big here, after they were done, they were still huge over there. Yeah, you know what? Too is you know who else was? Uh, who's that? Who's that? Okay, what's that? What's that one band? Oh my hell, Slade. No, I'm sorry, I I totally spaced it. But Shania you know, Twain. No, it's that huge Dolly band. Parton. No, it's that huge band. Oh oh my hell, they're on. Oh, F it. I'll, I'll come up with it later. We'll be talking about the movie later and I'll be like, uh, and I'll, okay, and I'll mention it. But all I'm saying is this, is here they are. They are, they are taking a style of music to where it's a little bit different. And you know why I know it's a little bit different? Two words. Tentacle porn. Okay. Yeah. That's all I need to say. The Japanese are really weird. You drop a couple of nuclear bombs on them, and they're way Tentacle out there. Porn and hide the vaginas in the porn. Cheap videos. trick is who I'm thinking of. Cheap oh, trick is love huge. I cheap, love cheap trick, trick live at Budokan, one of the greatest albums ever. No, no argument here. And okay. that's yeah. What I'm saying is, is for these guys to take that and to run with it in a place where hair metal is still king. Well, what are you gonna do? You know, taking into consideration mm-hmm. everything that, you know, the people that listen to the show <laughs> and everything else, I say this is a ultra high Spotify. Okay. All right. For me, it's an absolute buy. Okay. But I realize that people are going to go, man, I don't know if I dig this. So you know, much. that's going to work. So I'm- it's like if I'm going. I, you know, if I'm going to lay down the buy or the bone mm-hmm. saw, mm-hmm. it's got to be, you people need to do it. Right. You need to do it. Right. And this is not for everyone. So I say <clears throat> it's an absolute high Spotify. Figure out what you like. Listen to the song, The Day the Earth Caught on Fire. Okay. And take it from there. Here, I, I am exactly with you. However, I don't, I don't have that super extra love for them. All I'm saying is this was decent music. It was good music. Understanding where they're coming from and understanding, uh, you know, kind of where their culture is and whatnot, I I applaud them for being who they are. Right. However, being in you know in, you know now and in this culture, it's like you know they're okay. They fit in, like mm-hmm. I said, kind of in the middle of a spectrum. Sure. And they're they're good, but there was nothing on there that really. Made me really want rocked to your, rocked your. Well, bones. it didn't turn me into an evangelist. Like with Ghost, it's like holy shit. Yeah, you've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to this. Sure. With Die Monster Die, you've got to listen to this. You know. Yeah. Whatever. This is like it's okay. You yeah. know. I, I'm I'm not 
upset that I had to listen to this for a week because it was decent stuff. And, and if this were on Spotify, I would add to the best of Corpse cast, you know, a couple of tunes, yeah. but it's not. Put on the, the, the day the earth caught on fire. Put that on the Corpse cast best of. Okay. All just, right. just to give people a little tit. Little I did. I, was that on this album? No. No. I it's, was going to no, say, it's no, not. that's, that's no, not their, even their older stuff is kind of more reserved, but it's still got all that little digital hardcore. Weirdness sure. in it, and that could be culture. It could be whatever. Well, it's just style. It make, it, it, yeah, it it just makes for some good um, exchanges. <laughs> All right, and I'm good with that. Know, I didn't love I this. I didn't love this album. I didn't hate this album. However, when I started it, I was like, "This is nothing." But by the time I, by the time you know, I listened to it a handful of times, you know, seven, eight times, and we come to record tonight, I was like, "You know what? This is a decent." Band. Yeah, and you're, and there's a lot to be said about that, that culture divide with the vocals sure. and the lyrics sure. and stuff. You can't was grasp it? on as much. And honestly, if you're gonna say, is it in English or Japanese? I have no idea. He sings like Eric Cartman. So I I have no real I think half of it is English. I've okay. seen them live and they were fantastic. Oh really? Are they just a bunch of little dudes? Oh yeah. I'm and sure. the, oh you say Balzac they go sugar the body. Oh, shit the I don't think they speak a lick of English sure. other than if the singers singing it. All they know, know is Balzac. So there you go. Balzac. Oh, samurai. Ninja. Okay. But yeah, so high Spotify. I, you know, I like I said, I you know what I hate to like shit on it because it was decent. I just didn't. It just didn't like move me. It didn't man. come down your barrel pipe. Yeah. It didn't feed into the need that you were looking it for. Didn't, at it didn't. It didn't desk. give me a hundred percent erection. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And that's that's good enough. For okay, me. all right. There you if go. You can't get it hard one hundred percent. It was more. It was maybe a fifty to sixty percent erect. 56, 50%? That's 50% to 60%. So I'd have to take pictures. You can still have sex. Yeah. You know, with or, 50. Or rub it on things. You go, look at that. See what I'm Look, doing look, I've, I've got some, uh, I've got some. It's 50%. Uh, I've got take some, some groceries. Pictures, I've, I've got some uh, melons Amber, here. take I can some roll. pictures of this. <laughs> All right. Let's put them up on my... Uh, <laughs> sure. Let's put it on my porn, my red tube profile. Put them on my pinkbanana.com. <laughs> exactly. All right. I've got a challenge for you. Oh, dear. Okay. Let's do Are it. prepared for the challenge? I don't know, man. Let's Songs for the Judgment Day. All right. <laughs> so we are talking about... Judgment six songs day. that you want to take on Judgment Day, yes, or that you indeed. can listen to. Okay, you know the Mayan calendar is closing in on us in for fact, next week, next Friday when we're recording. Oh my gosh! What it if the could world... very well be that the world crumbles around us as we record. What if the world ends as we're recording, dude? If the world crumbles as we're recording, can we hug? Will we you can... hug me. Will I hug you? Yes. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> But okay, okay. here are six tunes <laughs> that we can listen to. Oh, that's listen. That's a big deal. The world ending and shit. Okay, I, well, I kind, need. I need. That's yeah, kind of important, isn't it? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, listen, listen, listen to me when I say this. Okay, all right. You all right. can. I. I need you to refrain. I need you to sh- shut up and not say anything. <laughs> okay. All right. But all right. what I do. But what I will accept from you is either the song title. Or the band name. Okay. So right. you can get me on either of these. Okay. Right? I get you. 
You, but you've got to be quiet about it. I'll try. You I'll cannot do what I can. keep your mouth going I'll and all do what that. I can. All right. Here we go. Number one. If the end of the world is coming, there's not much we can do about it. That's so let's point. party. That's what this singer, can Logic I ASA, the, I don't even know what the hell these notes are saying. <laughs> this goddamn digital keyboard's going to be the death of me, man. All right. That's what this singer was talking about. Weapons of mass destruction intensified during the Cold War. Years later, this song would take on a new meaning when the Y2K scare got everybody scared. Had everybody believing 1999 was really going to be the end. Was he a short little black guy? Uh, with a pencil mustache? <laughs> I want to party like it's 1999. I'll take Prince. Turn up! The radio! You got it. Awesome. I'm one for one. I like the way you're holding out. You're not chiming in, like ruining. I'm trying not to because I know people play along. All right. Though the song was originally, number two, though the song was originally released with German lyrics, this Hmm. English version of this synth pop classic is pretty cool, yet creepy. Okay. In its own right. Another Cold War song. This mm. new wave hit song still holds up today because of the great pop rhythm and the nuclear holocaust lyrics. Can you give me a few bars? Uh, is it a German band? Is it uh, Luft Balloons or something? 99 Schnuff Balloons. That's what I'm saying, dude. Hey! Wow, you're doing the no- yes. No, yeah, you oh. got it. Turn up <laughs> I had no idea that that was about I had no idea that that was a song about Judgment Day, man. Yeah. I, I did not know. I thought it was about. I thought it was about that movie about the red love balloon. Who sings that? By the way, Nina. Oh my goodness! All right, I'll take it, dude. I would have probably uh, had my uh, weight with her. Oh yeah, back she in the hot. day. Yeah. And did you ever see that like half naked photo shoot that she did where she had her two beautiful blonde daughters with her? No. Oh my God, she looked beautiful. I mean, they weren't naked, but she was. I was like, oh, really? That's awesome. Love you didn't balloons? see really anything. Well, but it was you got to realize, people. If you're a lady listening to this, all we Your care about is the nipple. Was all we care about is the nipples. Okay, the nipples and the furbergs. What? Yeah, that's you. No, so, I, so, I do like you give me all. that one? Do you give me that one? That's two. I'll take it. Number three, inspired. By the Three Mile Island nuclear accident that occurred a few months earlier, the band sings about the nuclear error in this punk rock classic. The song is of the same name as the classic album from the legendary band. What's a legendary band? (laughs) 
<laughs> I just well, I can't tell you that part, can I? Okay, so there's a song named after a legendary band. That's a, the song is a punk band, a punk song by a punk band. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I know this. I don't know if I've got a hint. Okay. It's coming, soon coming in. Up the down expected the wheat crossed in. Oh my gosh. And stop running, but I have no fear. Cause London is burning and I live by the river. Wait, 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 wait. London is burning? You're talking about, uh, you're talking about your man there, aren't you? Or the Smiths? Nope. No, oh, who is it? Are you taking the douse? I'm taking the douse. It's the clash. London. Wait. I was totally gonna go with London the last because they were get they they turned into a band that I actually liked. The Clash turned into Big Audio Dynamite. Rock Casper. Yeah. Rock. Oh my gosh! All right, I take it. So dive. two. No, you, you, I'm, you're I'm, still you're still two and one. All right. All right, here we go. Number four. This song was originally written as a breakup tune, but took on a trippy. Um. Uh, we're all going to die feeling oh. when it was used in the movie Apocalypse Now. Ooh. Psychedelic, foreboding, and scary. It helped launch and conclude the movie's storyline. Oh, my gosh. It's been years since I've seen Apocalypse Now. But it's a 60s slash 70s tune. Yeah, you're in the ballpark. Can, oh, my gosh. I... Oh my gosh! Can you give me one little bar? Can you give me one? Um, let's see. <laughs> All right. Are you this gonna... is the end, my oh, dear for... old friend. It's the, the Doors. End. It's a, is it the Doors? This well, is the I end. I knew you were gonna get it. All right. Okay. The, what's the song then? This. Uh, this is the end. The, is it? Well, well, you said I could get the band, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Does that count? The, yeah. You got the Doors. Turn up. The only <laughs> okay. Turn wait, 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 wait. He's giving me the. Well, I'm saying me the, the only reason you got that is because oh. I showed my penis to you while you were. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, like you did at the concert. Yeah. And I got my ding dong, ladies. You think we're psychedelic? <laughs> got Look put at this. in jail. This is the Look end, at this snake. Friend. Ride the snake. That's more like a lake. worm, Mr. Jim Morrison. But whatever. The ancient lake. Um, yeah, you got it. All right. So, you're Th- what am I? What am I? Three and one. Three and one. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number Excellent. five. Okay. All right. That's great. This song starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and aeroplanes. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. <laughs> An eye of the hurricane. Listen to yourself churn. World serves its own needs. Don't miss serve. Your own needs. Can I tell you that I'm a little bit embarrassed that I knew exactly what you're talking about right when you started? That's great. That it's great. It starts with an earthquake and bubbles out of aeroplanes. That is not a That's I hate to admit that I know. Let me tell you something, okay? What's the name of the song? It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Okay, let me tell you something. There was I am totally against bands like U2 and R.E.M., okay? Which is the band. I just don't care for them. But I had a buddy who loved R.E.M., 
And I'm going to give him a shout out. He doesn't listen. He's up in Billings, Montana, writing yeah. for the local rag in Billings, okay? Yeah. His name is Rob. Rob. I love the guy to death. He loved that stupid shit. Yeah. Okay. Stupid shit. He's he's going to go ahead and throw that out to all you people. I hate Stupid R-M-E shit. Too. But I'll t- I love Rob. You know, can I throw out his last name? Rob, sure. His name is Rob Rogers. He writes for, I can't remember the I name. was going to shit my trousers if you said Rob Reiner. No. I love you, dude. No, no, no. Keep on. Rob making, Reiner's keep like 20 on years on older We went to high school. We lived next door to each other in Farmington. But I'll tell you what. He is up there in Billings. He's writing for a local rag there. He loved the shitty music. He was making fun of me for liking Tool and I'm Alice and Chains and stuff like that. But I'll tell you because what. Because he probably thought it was shitty music. Well, he's like, why are you so angry? He's like, why are you so angry? Why don't you listen to you 2 So and what you're saying is that when you're listening to Tool and Alice yeah. and Chains, he was going... Why do you listen to the shit? Exactly. Music? He's like, he's like, why are you listening to Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins? That's bullshit. Ooh, that's angry that's, shit. Dude, I almost had a Smashing Pumpkin in here, and I wish, <laughs> I wish I would have put it in today now to go. Is the huh, smashing let me Pumpkins. Tell you, let me tell you something. I've got You know what? I have a few words to say to him, and I'm going to say it to him right now. Turn up! The radio! And you know what, Rob? I love you so much, but kiss my freaking ass for loving you two and R.E.M. There we go. That's And you heard it first, folks. <laughs> kiss my ass if you like R.E.M. No, 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 no. Yes, yes. You're right. Uh, yes. Right. Okay, sorry. It's fine. Sorry. Orange Crush. Orange Crush is the only R.E.M. song that I like. I got my pride. I got my orange crush. Because pride... BYU Pride. Exactly. Plus, I Bobcats. love Plus, I love Orange Crush. Uh, that's good okay. Too. There I had you a go. can of that. No, I had the orange, orange Fanta. Today. No, that's different. That's different. Yeah, that's shit compared to Orange Crush. All right, okay. let's do it. Number six, the last one. So you're winning. I won. This I is, won. This I'm is four and one. A, this is just a peach in your little sure, hat. Sure, 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 sure. Let me ask you something. Why don't you do an odd number so it's like there's no like possibility for because a tie. it irritates you. All right. All right, so that's, that's, that's a good point. You got it. You got me there, bro. Yeah, that's the perfect reason to do it. Okay, number six. Here we go. You've won All already, right. All right. but take this into consideration. Let's do it. With a nod to Revelations in the beginning of this song, hmm. we're warned that the dark angel is hell-bent on destruction. Of course he is. This song, in particular, leads moms of teenage boys back in the day to... Totally think this band was horrifyingly, satanically evil. Is does this have to do with something that we've talked about before in the corpse cast? I will not confirm or deny. I'm almost positive. Well, I don't know if I'm almost positive, but I'm wondering if it's Highway to Hell by ACDC because <clears throat> oh. And I have a hint if you want it. Let's say I need it. I'm coming back. Okay. All right. I will return. And I will possess your body, and I'll make you burn. Can you sing it for me? You know you're going to get it. If I, I will. Yes, I will. I'm coming back. I will return. I will possess your body, and I'll make you burn. Salt Lake City. What? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that we're most of the way through this. Uh, 
Wait, 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 wait. You talking about a little band that made somebody urinate their panties? Pissing my pants all night. Iron Maiden. The song is I'm Coming Back. <laughs> I will return. And I will possess the your number body of the beast. and I'll make you burn, Salt Lake City. He made yeah, me burn, Salt Lake City. I did. Which is amazing. I burned up them <laughs> sheets that night. And your brand new, like, bed shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, there's no regrets. No, of course there was. That was a great time, dude. You got it. You did it. You're the hero. <laughs> you're the, you're the. I'm going to go ahead king. and say, turn up the radio right now. Turn, turn up the radio. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, man. That, oh, that makes me want to sit. Can I go in right now? Can I go back in the other room and pee in your bed? Sure. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do I've that. I've had enough beer. Sure. Piss on it. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know what we're going to do while I'm doing that? I'm going to go ahead and play a trailer for the movie we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Black Sunday, a Mario Bava joint, mm-hmm. shall we say? Yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and play a trailer for that, and I'm going to go ahead and piss in Shane's bed. Good. Since Dracula stalked the earth, has the world known so terrifying a day or night? It's I who renounce you, and in the name of Satan, I place a curse upon you. Black Sunday is like no motion picture you've ever seen. who believe and those who do not but both must know the suspense the shock of meeting the living dead and of bringing the dead to life look into my eyes embrace me you will die and I can bring you pleasures mortals cannot know Black Sunday, the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. Satan, wearing strange robes and fighting with all the furies of Hades, arouses the countryside to a frenzy of black terror. Are you ready for the treat? The first Mario Bava film that we have done so far on the Corpse Collective podcast. Oh, is that true? That is true. That's true for both the video and the audio podcast. Really? Yes. You know, what's funny, too, is I don't know if it's funny or sad, but Mario Bava, man, he is one of the horror elite. Yeah. 
Elite. And we're That's just what, getting to it. We're just 47. Oh, we're just barely Good getting job. To it. I know. It's yeah. <laughs> my bad. I will say it. You know, let, we'll get into more of that a little okay. bit later. Right. Let's talk about the specific movie that we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Black Sunday, or a movie called La Machera del Demonio. Oh, that sounds good. That rolls off the tongue. It does. You know, I'll tell you what. Italian, the, the, the Italian language is much more beautiful than the English language, I think, especially when you're like, I'm a shadow del demonio. Well, you know, you have to roll the tongue. That's the key to the, the Italian language and the, and the Mexican languages. <laughs> You need to roll the tongue. You need to give it a little. <laughs> Shane has it all figured out. Plus, he's also. He, I, I feel like you're going to go ahead and throw in Xena, Warrior Princess, in that because she's always like. La, la, la. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't even have any clue what that is. All right. Let's move on with the show. Uh, Black Sunday came out in 1960. Do you know what another horror movie that came out in 1960? <sighs> Night of the Living Dead? No, that came out in 1968. We're talking about a movie. 1960. Footloose. Alfred Hitchcock, man. Oh, psychotic. Psycho. Psychotic Norman. That that came out in the same year as this one, man. Um, so I mean, just just to give everybody a little bit of an idea of what, what, what the year we're talking about, and IMDb gave this movie a uh, sorry a seven point four. It was directed by, like I said, the horror maestro Mario Bava. Who directed other movies called Bay of Blood, The Evil Eye, A Barren Blood, and something yeah. that I know uh, Shane Diabolito will love, The Whip and oh. the Body. Yeah, I like that. I haven't seen that, kind of but a kinky that mother sounds... Effer. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about Mario Bava for a minute. Uh, considered to have kick-started the giallo film genre as well as the slasher film genre. Hmm. In fact, many slashers have "quote unquote" paid homage, read ripped off uh, kills from this guy. You know, mm-hmm. other films from this guy and whatnot. Uh, he, it's funny because uh, he kind of started off as a painter, but he realized he couldn't make any money doing that and whatever. And it's uh, it's it's kind of a nice situation because his dad worked in the uh, um, the film industry. He actually worked special effects. Ooh. For, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Benito Mussolini? I've heard of a guy named Mussolini. He is the Italian Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, he worked, uh, uh, let's see, Mario Bava's father worked in the special effects for Benito Mussolini's film factory called La Istitutio Luce. 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 I don't know what that means, but it's bad as shit. Um, also, Mario Bava became a cinematographer, you know, kind of an understudy to his dad. His feature debut didn't come out till 1940. So, I mean, we're still talking oh, wow. old school, man. Um, he is considered to have worked, you know, on some of the, first of all, or, or, or sorry, uh, the first Italian horror film called I Vampiri or The Devil's Commandment. He was just going to do some uh, cinematography on that, but he, but the director on that film actually walked out. So Mario Bava's like, Hey, listen, I'll finish this film as a director, as a cinematographer, as a special effects man. 
Wow. So he's like, listen, I, I got this bitch. That guy was, this- must have been a pretentious ass that left. I, I'm out. I don't know for sure. Just but saying up to my, you know, I'm, sometimes you just got to snake out the goddamn door. If you want to. <laughs> I, go, this is this is turning into a train wreck. I, I got to get out. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'm sure that even though I've never seen Il Vampiri, I'm sure it turned out to be great because Mario Bava did it. A classic. Black Sabbath was actually his first solo directorial outing. Um, the problem is, is uh, he died in 1980. Yeah. At a the the ripe young age of 65. Wow. Which is you know pretty freaking young. But I'll yeah, tell you what, is. you know what he did? He had sexual congress with the lady, mm-hmm. and had a had he a did kid. The sexy time. He did, and he had a kid named Lamberto Bava. Right. And he made a little movie, which I know you've seen, called A Blade in the Dark. I have seen that. Lamberto Bava, which we are going to be recording our take on that show on Wednesday for the Corpse video. Collective video show. Yes. He also, uh, Lamberto Bava actually, uh, <coughs> sorry, did uh, Shock, Delirium, Demons t- 1 through 3, and more, and uh, tons of awesome uh, other films, we love that guy. We love both Mario and Lamberto, Bob. Lamberto. This movie was uh, actually written by Ennio de Concini and Mario Sandrini, and it was based off a short story by Nikolai Gogol. It, the, the story that Nikolai Gogol wrote was entitled V-I-Y-V. I don't know how you say it, so I'm just going to spell it V-I-Y. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's it. This movie starred Barbara Steele as Katie... Vaja, Princess Asia Vaja. You know what? That's quite the name. Can I tell you something? What? I have met Barbara Steele in real life. I R L. I in real life. Yeah. Oh God, you and your t- me, goddamn me, Twitter. Me terms. and my Twitter stuff. You don't listen. You have 140 characters. You got to make the most of it. I actually saw her at the last horror hand I went to, man. And of course, she's an old lady, but you know, I met her and I talked to her and whatever. Wow. And I didn't even meet her at her table. I was like out sitting watching a, a basketball game in the bar and whatnot. And she came out, and I'm like, "Hey, it's you." Yeah. Hey, you know what's you? You want some of spaghetti? Of course, I didn't say that shit because. Do you want a big bowl of spaghetti? Because I got a big bowl of spaghetti. I got a big, long, thick of spaghetti for you. Uh, but this movie starred Barbara Steele. Like I said, John Richardson is Dr. Andre Garobek. Andrea Chetsky is Dr. Thomas Car... I can't remember how they said it. Karuvjan? Car- yeah, I know. Car- it was Karuvian. weird. I can't remember how they said it. But it was, it was awesome. Kinda, it was like quick. Karshan. Karuvian or something. Ivo Garani is Prince Vaja. Uh, Arturo Domenici is Igor Yavonto. And uh, Enrico Oliveri is Prince Constantine Vaja. You know what we're going to do right now? Or Miss Janet, if you're nasty. And I'll tell you what, we're going to be doing some plot right now. The year, people, if you will travel back with me to nine, or sorry, to 1630. Yes. And the scene is Moldavia. The beautiful witch, Azia Vaja, and her boyfriend, Yavonto, is being executed because of, uh, they, they've basically been accused of witchcraft and sorcery. Yeah. Um, by Yavunto's brother, no less, mm-hmm. you know? Azia's up against a pole. She's getting ready to be burned at the stake as a witch and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and this is the whole first scene. It's great because I'll tell you what. 
you know, you know, usually you get, you know, the witch burning movies and they're like, oh no, don't kill me because, you know, I'm totally innocent right. and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, Barbara still looks at them and says, you know what? F you. I'm going to come yeah. back and haunt you. I have the power of Satan. I'm cursing you by Satan's name. Exactly. And she says Satan a bunch of times, right? Yeah. Did she not? Dude, didn't they look more like satanic people than she was up on the... Maybe they did that on purpose. I mean, they're... Uh, okay. Well, well you know, I, you I have the whole like, first scene. You guys look all more satanic. Because they have the hoods and the, yeah. and the, you know, the cloaks. The, the second thing. time. In uh-huh. two weeks in a row. Yeah, because we did Paul Nashy last year. We saw, yeah, Paul Nashy. movie. Two times in a row. Yep. Guys with no shirts, muscular, <laughs> with executioner and spandex on it. Dude, listen, you couldn't ask of anything hotter from the corpse cast. Sacrificed in the good listen, name. I liked it because she's like, you know what? F you guys. We're going to come and get you, mother effers. We're going to yeah. come with the power of Satan, and we're going to tear apart you and your your children and your children's children. It's called confidence. And it's it was like, awesome. Hey, I've got Satan behind my side. And you know what? It's great because this movie kind of, instead of playing a witch as a sympathetic person, she just came out talking shit. And of course, it's an Italian movie, so the whole thing was dubbed and whatnot. And so you have that. But the thing is, too, is this movie was black and white. And, you know, we, yeah. I think we have to mention that. But as far as the story moves along, they shove a big iron mask with spikes on her right into Barbara Steele's face. And we get some blood. Flowing. Another iron mask, too. I uh, yeah, absolutely too. Wow. I did not mean for this to happen, man. I know. It's kismet. Iron, it is. It's kismet. You know, there must be some kind of a weird thing going on because right now we're into shoving iron masks with spikes into people's faces here yeah. at the Corpse Cast. All right. Uh, fast forward two centuries. We got a couple of doctors, uh, Dr. Thomas Kruvayan and Dr. Andre Gorobek. Um, they're traveling by horse and carriage through Moldavia on their way to a medical conference. But the problem is, is the wheel breaks down at a particularly desolate and depressing looking area. Um, as the coachman is fixing the wheel, they look around, and they find Azia's tomb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she has been buried with a glass panel on her coffin. So you can look in, you know, and see, you know, the whole iron mask thing. And uh, she actually has a cross out there on top of her, yeah. uh, of her tomb. coffin, yeah. So basically, because she, we, they believe that she is a vampire. If the shadow of the cross reflects through, yes, the glass thing on her face, she, she will, will never, she'll never escape. Arise. You know what the problem is? Is what? they have a giant blanket? They went crazy. Oh, sorry. I mean bat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean bat. Gilligan's <laughs> Island style bat. <laughs> There's a bat that's flying around, and, of course, it freaks out the two doctors, and Kruvayan actually shoots the bat. After he beats it with his cane for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, it's great. You know what? I hate to say it because I hate to make fun of this movie because it's 1960. Mm -hmm. And so it's still, you know, it's kind of that 1950s era type style movie. But, you know, you got this shitty bat that's flying around but you know what it plays into the movie even though it's a shitty special effect yeah because you know what it comes down as he shoots it it breaks that glass and uh you know in her tomb right 
And, you know, it actually knocks out the, the, the cross and whatever. So Gorobek and Kruvayan go up and show up and, and they're like, Oh, look at this. Let's pull off the mask. You know, they pull off the iron mask with all the spikes and they're like, Hey, look, look at that. She's not. You know what, dude? I will say. Okay. Is that the 1960, I mean, those were, at least to me, pretty uh-huh. f- cool effects. Absolutely. Well, you know, they're silly, but they they've got a little with the scorpions something. coming out of the face yeah. in, the, in the in the in the tomb and shit. Sure. I was like, that looks pretty good to me. You know, and the thing is, her face is like, yeah, she's been dead for two hundred years, but you know what? For some reason, it looks a little bit like it's, it's it hasn't decayed as much as it should have. Yeah. You know, we figure out why a little bit later. Um. Anyway. Uh, after the blanket bat, uh, um, you know, he shoots the bat down and it does all that stuff. And also, we, I forgot to mention that basically the, the glass from the, the, the bat broke makes Kruvehan's finger bleed and he yeah. bleeds on Asa's, uh, body. Yeah. Okay. Which wakes her up, but we don't know that yet. Okay. It wakes right. her up. It's, a, it's secret. It, it is. At this point, it is. Anyway, we got outside, uh, uh Katya. Also played by Barbara Steele's wondering what's going on. She's like, I heard some shots. You know, so what are you guys doing in this tomb and stuff? She actually is a princess. She lives with her father, Prince Jaja, um, and her brother in a nearby castle that uh, the locals think is haunted. But uh, the younger man, the younger doctor, Gorobek, falls in love with her. Yeah. Okay. So, Sees her and just goes, wow. Let me ask her. you something. What did you think about Barbara Steele back in the day? Dude. <sighs> This is going to be totally out of... Uh, people are going to hate me for this. Oh, dear. She, like, sometimes she looked beautiful. Yeah. Other times, and I'm not talking makeup effects or anything, sure. uh-huh. but she looked like she had, like, a five-inch... Forehead? Forehead. <laughs> and it was like either her bottom jaw was too big uh-huh. or she had really small teeth. But something was weird about her face. Dude. And it was really in those opening scenes where she Uh was in the cloak. I was like, she's ugly. But then other times when I saw her, I was like, wow, you are pretty kind of good looking. You know what's funny is I've always had kind of a thing for Barbara Steele because she went on to act in a bunch of, even like Cronenberg horror movies and stuff like that. I've always had a thing, not because she was so like breathtakingly beautiful, which, you know, she may or may not have been. But because of her eyes, her look, she's, yeah, she does she's have so them. unique. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, even meeting her at Horror Hound in like 2010 or whatever that was, she, her eyes were the same, dude. Yeah. And they, they were, I mean, obviously she's some old lady and whatnot, but she was still kind of. Yeah. Pretty. And I could see that with the eyes. Totally. It was just weird. It was like a well, bottom jar or face or something. I was just, and then she had a giant forehead. Well, I think that was the haircut that they had. Yeah. They, that's exactly what I have in my, in my notes is that her, her forehead looked so big because the hair would just look, made her head look kind of like yeah. a box. I, but there you was, know? but then again, there were other times where I was like, wow, she is good looking. And I've always had a thing for her. And, you know, even before I saw this movie, you know, I actually saw some Cronenberg's movie first. I'm like, oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. And then I saw this, you know, and she's pretty young in this. But I'll tell you what, it was, it, you take away that. She's just very unique looking, shall yeah, we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, I agree with she's, that. she's hot. She's pretty. And she doesn't look like any other girl that I've ever seen. No. You know? 
Yeah, she's got, and and I see what you're saying about the eyes too. Oh, because they're gorgeous. They were like, wow, yeah, but spellbinding, it, almost. Wow, Shane, I'm, I feel like you reached into your into your guts and your into your like totally your core of your human being and said spellbinding because well, I I really feel like that's what I, they are, man. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on with the story a little bit. Uh, so we have Katya who, who wonders what's going on. Gorobek falls in love with her. Uh, but the problem is because of, uh, Kruvayan's blood, Azia comes back to life and she brings back Yavunto, uh, you know, psychically. Ringo Star. You know what the thing is too. <laughs> exactly too. Well, Ringo Star, if Ringo Star had like a wax face with a bunch of like, yeah. like, 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 it's like, like he had the hair and the mustache, right? Sure. But he had like a bunch of craters in his face and stuff like that. And it's funny because throughout this movie, you know, we get a bunch of other vampires or quote unquote undead that they create and they all kind of have this cratered looking face. And I'm thinking, you know, rule isn't that of, from the nails though? From the, could, the no, mask? no, that, that was Barbara Steele. But I'll tell you what, she ended up looking kind of pretty. Well, sure. But yeah. Yavunto is here with the cratered face, and he makes other people, you know, later on with the cratered face. And I'll tell you, I was thinking, you know what, maybe we shouldn't trust anybody with a cratered face. But then I'm like, well, nobody would trust uh, James Woods, <laughs> which is <laughs> That's really true. rude because, you know, I'll tell That's you what, true. I mean, it's he's he's probably a really trustworthy I dude. would love to meet James Woods and say... <laughs> Don't trust anyone with a crater face. <laughs> no, dude. I, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I apologize I to of. any listener out there that has a crater face. Sure. All I'm saying is these guys were pretty well. I don't know how it worked out that everybody besides Aza had a crater face. Yeah. Okay. If once you, even, even the guys, even the people who they turned into who didn't have a crater face before turned into vampires, all of a sudden right. had the crater face. Yeah. It's like, how come Asa didn't do it? Whatever. We love you, James Woods. The movie Vampires, John Carpenter's Vampires is awesome and you are the mother effing man. Bottom line is with this movie is she wakes up Javunta, like I said, um, and it becomes Ozzy's plan to take over the body of Katya. Yeah. The person who looks exactly like she looked like 200 years before so she can obtain everlasting life. Right. And that's all I kind of want to do as far as the uh, yeah. story is concerned. I mean, because basically after that, we get the, you know, we get the story. We get, you know, this and that happens and whatnot. And, and you know, I mean, that's all stuff for people to find out for themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what did you think? Here, here's the thing. I had a few observations. First of all, this was a 1960 film. Um, and it's no surprise to me, uh, that this movie looked unbelievably awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, the, but with Bava's background in special effects and cinematography, this movie was gorgeous. From the gothic sets, the crypt, the castle, the landscape, the burning the witch in the first scene, to the handling of the camera. It was all, Gorgeous. And I, and I don't really, it was, it was just so smooth and crisp, especially for a movie, you know, made in 1960. Um, there's a couple of things though. The effects, like the mask and the blood in the beginning scene mm -hmm. was really awesome. And I was so stoked when they finally put that mask Even on. Even the burn. When they're burning the ass in her. Yeah. It that was, was like, yeah, it's pretty good for 60. And, you know, and the thing is, is it, and, and it was extra cool because she's like, oh, Satan's going to get you. And they shove that mask on her. She bleeds all yeah, over the place. Yeah. You know, pretty violent, pretty disturbing scene, you know. 
And, uh, you know, as you're going through this, um, I, as I'm watching this movie, I'm kind of thinking, you know, this is kind of interesting. Oh, and also, I forgot to mention that, that you know, later on when there's a point where Azaz going to Katya's body and there's, we have the old yeah, lady the transformation. looks. Yeah, we have like the makeup of the old lady looks going in, you know, and she's getting younger as the other one's getting older and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Do you know how that was done? Uh-uh. That was all done with like color filters. Like all those lines on their face was done. That was pretty solid. And it looked really that good. That looked better than Nashi. I totally agree with you. And Nashi was years later. Yeah. You know, that was what, 1981 or something? Yeah. I loved it. Um, the thing is, is, um, is we're, it, I kept thinking this to myself is, you know, this is in 1960. It almost seemed like this was, this movie signified the tipping point between 1950s horror yeah. and moving on to 1960s and 1970s exploitation horror. Because, I mean, first of all, you have, um, you know, the, we have the opening scene of violence and gore, you know, which yeah. is more, maybe a little bit more indicative of something a little bit later on, like the 70s and whatnot. But the, the movie sounds like the 50s, like the soundtrack and the way people totally, talk to yeah. each other and stuff, you know, the way they interact and whatnot. You know, that's totally 50s. But then you have the gore and the violence of, you know, we didn't get the whole movie. I mean, I think the most violent scene was the very first one. You know, as, yeah. as, you know, as we're, I mean, there was some other good stuff. I'm not saying there wasn't anything else that was good. All I'm saying is that was the first one where they're, th- where they're spewing blood, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, you know, shoving a mask on the face. And it was weird because it just seemed like it was, I mean, I, I don't know if you can say that this is the actual tipping point where they went from 50. I like style. that though. Yeah. That's interesting because that's what I had in my notes too. Uh-huh. It had that. Bla- I love the black and white. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I almost got with with the with the sound and with the set pieces. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, better than even Nashi last week, where uh-huh. I was like, "God damn, great I totally set agree. pieces." Uh huh. I almost got a universal feel to it, dude. That but is you've absolutely got, right. You've got 1960. And then you were talking about how 70s, you know, 60s, 70s exploitation came in. Uh My only down point on this movie would be, I wish they would have shown more flesh. They would have been more graphic, kept it in the black and white, kept it with those big sets, kept it all that the same. But that's what I'm saying. That universal feel that, 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 you know, but you're seeing with the violence and the sexuality that we yeah. became used to later on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, I think is like right you know, you there where the it, tipping point. Tink. Exactly. Yeah. And, the, and, and I'm that's not interesting sure that you say that because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, but all I'm saying is, is this has had that kind of violence with the style of a 1950, something you're still totally. seeing in 1950, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching this going, that is pretty interesting. And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the way people dressed and acted from the 1950s. The soundtrack, the cutting between everything scenes yeah. was real, was real cut and dry. Like the music and everything would stop and then it yeah. would move on to the next scene. But you still had that violence that was maybe more, uh, common later on. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Barbara Steele, I'll tell you what, she did a great job playing two characters in this movie. Um, so, like you said, sometimes I think she's totally hot. Sometimes I think she's a little bit weird looking. Yeah. You know, uh, if nothing else, like I said, she's unique. Um, 
all I'm saying is, is this movie between everything that had to go on, all the the violence in the beginning and the rest of the story, I think it was a great mixture of the two. Yeah. Understanding that as we move forward, we're going to get more of the one and less of the other. Yeah. You know, because I, I mean, we're talking 1960. Right. I man, I really did like the way. I mean, okay, Baba. So you're saying Baba is the he's special effects. He's Absolutely. been there. Yes, cinematography. He's been there. Yep, directing and all that. I mean, uh-huh. I really like the way it looked. I loved the black and white effect. I love it. I, I I loved every scene with those big set pieces. And it was the scenery it was like hammer almost. Yeah. That one scene where the fog is just rolling up yeah. on that dude. It's yeah. like that is sweet as hell. Yeah. And like you said, with the change, with her going from Katya going to right, uh-huh. you the know, whole old to young, old and to vice young, versa, it looked good. Agreed. I mean, it, it it really did. I enjoyed the movie. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more flesh and a little bit more, you know. But I agree I'm with, with you. you with that. Maybe that was the t- that's the ding. Right. Let's go to the the next level. Right, and maybe that's what. That's kind of the kickoff point to all these other films who, in, you know, introduced all the all the boobs and right. the, and right. the extra the the exploitative violence and stuff like that. Right. I mean, you know, and, and you know, as, as we follow Mario Bava's uh, uh, career himself, he moves into uh, you know focusing so much on the kills and stuff like that that I mean, we have slasher directors who were basically paying homage or ripping off Mario Bava, like with, right. with uh, you know, some of the other movies that are even on Netflix and stuff like that. You watch those, and it's like, oh, shit, they did that in Friday the 13th Part 2, mm-hmm. or they did that here and there, you know? So so basically, he was kind of a pioneer of this. And when I'm watching a movie, understanding that the director is kind of a pioneer of a genre, I understand that we're not going to get quite uh, the... Um, what we're looking for with the... Well, no, not necessarily. But basically, we're not going to get uh, like the violence or the sex to the extreme like we do later. Because, I mean, as, as, as filmmakers are making these movies, like, you know, how can I differentiate myself from this movie, even though I'm kind of paying homage right, to it? Right. And they're like, let's make it bigger. Let's make it better. Let's, let, you know, let's go for broke. Yeah. Where he, I, he Mario Bava did not necessarily do that in this movie. But that, but back then, I'm sure in 1960, people were like, "What is going on?" Because I mean, you had Psycho in this in this same thing, and you know, in the same year, and it's like even then there wasn't. And who didn't want to see Janet Lee in that shower? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a fantastic movie. I yes. wanted to see her body. Well, sure you did, but you know you're not going to see that till not till ten years later, till yeah. you know until the exploitation genre takes over and they're that showing makes sense. everything. It and, does. That, and that's you know without without uh, Mario Bava, without you know Alfred Hitchcock, you don't get some of the crazy stuff true. that we ended up loving. You know, that's true. and I think that's why both sides love. First of all, I love Psycho. I love the movie Psycho. I think that. Uh, that that was just a masterpiece of horror cinema. And I think this kind of fits the same thing. I think that it's a masterpiece in that um, without this movie there, it it has such a 
a huge impact on movies to come after it. Right. That, you know, you can't look at this and say, well, why didn't we see, you know, Barbara Steele's boobs or why didn't we see this more, whatever. Uh, why don't we see more violence? It's, it's just a 2012 brain looking at a 1960 exactly. movie going, you know, if I was going to get behind the camera and direct a little bit or, or throw my nods in, it would be. Sure. Ooh. I could picture this movie being black and white, being just but like I mean, it is with the sets and everything. Yes. But a little bit more flesh, a little bit more of this. Neither yeah, of us yeah. were born back then, though. Exactly. You know? So it's like, without without pioneers like this, we never would have had the slashers on her. Right. We never would have had even the even the giallo, the, the gnarly giallo films that came after, you know? Yeah. Just like, I mean, just like with Psycho. I, it's funny because it seems like Psycho, who that came out in the movie, or sorry, in the same year as this movie, movie um was a lot bigger had a bit it seemed to have a bigger impact on yeah. horror films moving forward but i'll tell you what even though this didn't have you know this didn't make it as big i dare say that this had as much influence on horror films to come as psycho did itself mm. i really do you know, I don't know what to think well, about and that. And, I mean, we're talking, especially in the Italian film industry with giallos and right. whatever, which, you know, I mean, Psycho doesn't really, you know, pertain to that. But, you know, with Mario Bava out there, with Mario Bava doing this stuff, with him starting to uh, introduce a little bit of gore, you know, a little bit, you know, kind of pushing that line. Yeah. You know, it just kind of took it from there. And I, and you know, later on movies from Mario Bava, I really think that he had a huge impact on the movies that I love today. That's probably absolutely correct. And I mean, that's you, you take what you learn absolutely. and you turn it into yours. You and know? the problem is, is I watched this movie knowing that I watched mm-hmm. this movie thinking, you know what? This guy is the godfather of the American slasher film. Right. You know, and I think I love American Slasher. So maybe I'm giving a little, I think that this movie is a little bit better to me than it would be just on its own merit. But I loved this movie. What about yeah. you? I'm coming down. I'm going to say I liked the black and white look. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, it, it seemed like it, like I told you, an old universal film. Well, it had, I like the music. I like the score. I like the set pieces. Absolutely. I like the way it was shot. And it had the pace like, of a fifties film. Would yeah, you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Even, I mean, it, it, even later on, it was, I don't know if I would say it was slow, but basically had that same feel to it. Yeah. It, it, it you know, I mean, I'm coming down on this and I mean, it is on Netflix streaming. Absolutely. But I mean, I do come down on it as a buy because oh, yeah. I enjoyed I, I enjoyed the movie, I and it's it. one that I will watch again. Absolutely, because I mean, it is a great. Plus, Barbara Steele's awesome in this, and she's you know hit and miss. I mean, as far right. as her looks go. <laughs> but I mean, the overall story. I mean, just dude. Just listening to the music and looking at those set pieces right, is right. worth the worth You're, the, I totally agree with you. I'm glad you, you know. felt this way. I didn't know how you were going to come down on this because it is an older movie. I mean, what is this? Four, 52 years, 50, almost 53 Look, dude, years. When old. I started watching it, mm-hmm. I was instantly feeling like it was a buy only because okay. you know that nice curled up feeling you get from those old universal. Absolutely. Those, you know, Frankenstein or whatever. Absolutely. And you just sit down and you're watching and you're like, Ah, I'm in a good spot and I like this and mm-hmm. I like, you know, Phantom of the Opera, whatever it sure. is. Sure. It's like that 
instantly out of the gate, I was going, right. I like the feel of this thing. And it makes it easy since it's on Netflix Instant. It makes it easy for somebody. I, I dare say that somebody starts this movie who's never seen it, watches that first scene, is like, I'm sticking through this all the way. Because oh, yeah. this is a great scene. Yeah, the very first scene, well, you're like, oh, I got to watch this thing. And Absolutely, I'm, dude. Um, I have I a couple of, it. I have a couple of things here. Um, just, just to kind of, uh, I guess illustrate how much influence it had on, on horror filmmaking. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula back in 1992. It's actually been said to recreate different moments from this movie, you know, directly scene by scene. Oh, wow. Um, and we also, have you ever seen, t- uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow? I have. Yeah. yeah. You know that he borrowed the imagery from, you know, when Lisa Marie is being put in the Iron Maiden and her face was punctured by the, by the whole, right. you know, the spikes and yeah. stuff and all that stuff coming on. Tim Burton's actually said that, uh, you know, not only is this, uh, you know, an influence on him, but it's his favorite horror movie of all time, you know? And this is, this is what I'm saying. It, it may, as a 2012 film, uh, connoisseur, it may seem a little bit old fashioned, but the thing is, you gotta give this, you gotta give this film its props for being what it was because without this, you know, we don't have sure. Friday the 13th. We don't but have But it's Halloween. like as a 2012 horror connoisseur, yeah. you still watch all the classics. Oh, absolutely. And go, I absolutely. Love them, you, know? you know, even like Halloween. Yes. You know, if you're a 2012er, you know, you're still loving Halloween. Sure. You're still loving all of that. And that's so true. You just got to kind of. In I this one, 20 years earlier, I feel like even though it's in black and white, even though it has that 50s feel, I think it stands up as a really solid movie. I give yeah, this a I high do. buy. I do. I, and I, I have bought it. I have actually bought this. I didn't buy the Kino Lorber uh, version, which was the one that was shown on uh, uh, Netflix. I think I bought the older, uh, I think in 1999, a Image Entertainment version came out of it and i think right. i bought that one i haven't bought i mean it's been forever since i bought it but i had that whole dvd and i have the you know and i wish i would have had time to 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 pull out the extras and whatnot but i'll tell you what this is a solid movie i say buy this flick yeah it's a buy for me i mean it was just all around a pretty solid movie i loved it. i like this story the, the goddamn professor though what do you call that like an aloof Sure. Asshole. Sure. I, he just doesn't seem to. Well, he, he's like, let's go into the tomb. He just. Let's. Oh, the bat. Oh, he, he kind of seems like an arrogant guy who's not, who doesn't, who doesn't give like the. Well, you know, he's he not doesn't a smarty give for a the, professor, though, right? Well, well, the thing is, is he's all science. You don't give these supernatural things any thought because, you know, it's like. Oh, I didn't you know, get that. I just got that he was just kind of a. Hey, the guy's changing the tire. Let's just go in and rummage around and bang things up for a while. <laughs> well, that could be too. But uh, so I think that we're uh, we're pretty uh, unanimous on the high yeah. buy on this. It's, yeah, it's buy for me. Anyway, there you go. I guess that's really all we got to say about that. Yep, that's all I got to say about uh, it. Good movie, good classic movie. Um, something to watch with the whole family, I guess. <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, you almost could. Sure. I mean, besides that gory spot. Yeah, it's a whole Satan part and uh, scorpions coming out of the eyes. Isn't Satan all uh, family friendly these days? Anyway. uh, Okay, so let's give a question of the episode recap, shall we? Um, Do you want to go ahead and say the lovely bird 
Uh, Lauren Mac- Laura McCarthy. I'm Laura McCarthy. Hey, a beautiful bird. <laughs> uh, she came up with the question of the episode. Um, what is your favorite pregnancy slash gestation related horror film and best read grossest birthing scene? And I've already got mine already ready to go for next week. Uh, but there you go. Call it in 385-351-9273. That is 385-351-9273. Call it in. Give us your answer. You got anything else for this show? We did it. We made it through another one. We made it. We did it. I feel good. We're on our way. 48. 48 next week. The next 21st. Week. Remember, send in your haiku to Mike at CorpusCollective.com to have your chance to win a Roku box. I've got yeah. It, I've got it sitting at my house right now, people, ready to Do send it. it out to your house, man. I got it. Get on it. Don't be shy. Don't you You don't have to people? call the voicemail line. You just got to... Join the Facebook group. Yep. Like the zombie page. Indeed. Zombie TV page. Indeed. And then send Mike at CorpseCollective.com your best and greatest haiku that you wrote with your own brain. And that's it. That is it. And that's how you get your Roku box Entered to be able to watch our to show. win the thing. <laughs> and that's it. Anyway, I guess that's all we got for this show, but I'll tell you what, it's been a fun one. It's been an interesting thing. What do we got for next week? I know we got Victims Willing. Victims Willing, Salt Lake City Boys. Yes, we do. On the, on the, on the, on the, on the tit. Which is going to be awesome because I love one of the dudes and think the one of the other dudes is kind of a turd. I know. That's going to be interesting. It's, you know, I'm just going to, I'm, we'll just judge it on its musical merit. How about we do that? Take it. Okay. And hold, hold and take it. (laughs) And we'll talk about how Matt is a lovely little lad and how the other guy is kind of a turd. Yeah, Shall we say that? Shall we say that? But we, we, it's going to be our Christmas show, which we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, I believe. Oh, lovely. Dude, dude. I cannot wait to watch this. We're, I think we're going to have to talk a little bit about the remake, Silent Night. Yeah. I watched that gorgeous, awesome movie, but the feature of next episode. So you've seen the remake. Yeah, dude. And you know what's funny, too? That's the, that's the, the, Blu-ray that you said you bought? Yes, I bought it. And it's lovely. It's and awesome. It's, it's awesome. It's it's really super good. I don't know if it... Wait oh, wait till man. next week to find out if it's as good as the original. You know what's funny is I didn't even think about this till now. Yeah. Victims Willing, the band we're doing next week, Old is from... Bones, New Cadavers. Yeah, it's from... They're from Salt, Salt Lake City. City. Do you know where they filmed Silent Night, Deadly Night? Get the buck out. They got... They, they filmed it in Heber City in Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow! Yeah, dude. That's so, a little wing ding. I didn't so know. So for for a Christmas special, you people get the Salt Lake City extravaganza. Oh, sweet. So there you go. Other than that, I guess we will catch you guys later. See ya. How many-